what's up? I'm Deeg. This is the Deeg Podcast. I'm here with Preston and Inks, the heavyweights of the Guild Wars creator scene. What's up, boys? Hey. Good. It's going good. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, little, we have to tell a little story about what we're doing here today. So a few weeks ago, I got inspired. I've been having a very good year. You know, I'm a big guy, losing weight, lifelong goal. I've been exercising every single day this year. I'm so proud of myself. I made a tweet. It says, hell yeah, I'm getting this thing done. I'm ordering a scale. We're going to measure this. And then Preston responds. What did you say, Preston? I think I said first person down 50 pounds buys the other a steak dinner. Hell yeah. You threw the and gauntlet. Inks, Inks wasn't included in this. And <laughs> as far as I know, he still isn't. But he kind of is. He wasn't in the original tweet, but we can make a new tweet. We can we can include him. I think we can include include inks in the steak dinner. You want some steak inks? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't? Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So let's let's talk about this. Uh, fifty pounds. What does losing fifty pounds mean to us? To start with you, Preston. This is an interesting one because the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I talk to people about the amount I've amount of weight i've gained and also lost so there was an interview with mike tyson where he was like yeah i lost 20 million dollars or something like that and the interviewer's like mike that's a lot of money he's like no it's not <laughs> and with me it's 50 pounds you talk about yeah I, I gained 50 pounds to just some rando anywhere you're at they don't know what 50 pounds means uh -huh. it's like a third of another person like that's a lot of fucking weight it's like walking around with like three sacks of flour on your back or something. And also having lost 200 pounds, like in the past, that's mm -hmm. my, about my record where I was down from. My, Damn. That's a lot of like, that's an was that intentional. Or were you sick? Like what, what was the story there? Oh no, that was very intentional. I was very angry and I was very tired of being overweight. And mm -hmm. so I lost 200 pounds in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh and you know things were getting better and better and better and then they stopped getting better and then i started to not feel so great and realized shit well little caesars has large pizzas for five dollars it's always then there it ended. it's always there what about you yeah. inks uh 50 pounds is quite a bit i think i'm about 250 pounds right now mm -hmm. give or take when we started this now i started about i think a month later than you guys or at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but I'm about 250 pounds. I've been more than that in the past. Um, but getting down to 200 pounds for me would be my ideal weight, give or take. So if I could lose that 50 pounds, regardless of whether I win or not, I don't, you know, that doesn't matter. Uh, getting that 50 pounds off would, would put me more or less in the weight area I want to be in for my height. Cool. <clears throat> so it sounds like for you, Preston, it's like you got to get this done. The food thing is there. It tortures you, but you got to do it. Inks, it sounds like you're just trying to like kind of optimize. Well, you know, I, I it, it's funny because um, up until the point I left high school, I never had a weight problem. Mm. I was thin, actually. You grew up thin? What about you, Preston? You grew yeah. up thin? Uh kind of i can tell you the exact point that i started gaining weight uh. 
Um, it's funny because I know mine as well. Yeah, it's it's weird. I was really skinny, and then in third grade, my teacher read us a book about this kid that went camping, and he bought hot dog buns, but he didn't buy hot dogs, so he just ate the buns. <laughs> and I thought, that's whoa! I bet hot dog buns would be really good by themselves. It's sweet. So I went home and ate all of the hot dog buns, <laughs> and I thought, wow, bread's a trailblazer. Really delicious. <laughs> Yeah, and then I just I never stopped eating bread and gained a shitload of weight oh, just yeah. that way, basically. Yeah, that's Sorry, go, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. I uh, I was both I guess lucky and unlucky as a kid that I grew tall fast, which uh, created a lot of problems in my legs as a child. But it also meant that I was always skinny. Mm. Um, and so when I graduated high school, I was seventeen, almost eighteen was 170 pounds and a good deal of that was muscle from hitting the gym. Uh, I was an athlete playing football. Yeah. I got a scholarship. Um, but after I left high school, uh, I stopped going to the gym. I didn't have summer workout anymore until, you know, college was going to pick back up. And then all I did was party that entire summer. And I probably put on 25, 30 pounds before, mm-hmm. I got back to school. Gotcha. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been, you know, eventually I stopped playing football altogether. And because I wasn't involved in yearly sports, you know, like any sport, um, the off season, you're still in the gym training where you should be. So I was always training something, sprinting, running, doing whatever right mm-hmm. the second i stopped doing that the weight just piled on quick yeah real quick yeah because you got to change your eating habits to match your activity and that just you just keep Which doing what you clearly doing. i did not <laughs> clearly i did not so you were you were one of those you were one of those guys inks I, I remember this moment for me so i grew up fat i can't remember a moment when i wasn't fat growing up I've always been that way uh and I remember I got to a threshold in high school where I was playing JV baseball. I love baseball. Uh, I got to love, love it from my dad. We grew up in uh, Yankees country, and we collected baseball cards. And we watched a bunch of games. We traveled to go see games occasionally. Eventually, we moved out of the area, but I've always loved baseball. So I tried playing it, and I was always a, I was okay. It wasn't amazing. Um, but I got to a point where my friends on the JV team are going to the varsity team. And I was getting a little too old to be on the JV team. And the the assistant coach had a frank conversation with me like during the off season. He's like, Greg, you want to join the team? You got to lose the weight. And I said, okay, see you later. <laughs> and I joined the school choir instead where they didn't give a shit. <laughs> so uh, that, um, that was a moment. And... Uh, like like you, uh, Preston, I have lost a huge amount of weight in the past. Uh, I at my I was about the weight I am now back in two thousand eight ish, and I just got motivated stuff going on in my life, and I lost like one hundred and fifty pounds doing it all on my own. So proud of that shit, but I couldn't maintain it because it took too much energy. And my life changed too much. Um, I got up to a high of I never really got weighed at my high I was over 550 was my highest um and uh 
since then, I've lost a lot of weight, and it's still a continuing project. But this has been a lifelong problem for me. But I'm always looking for advice, and because I think that there are as many ways to lose weight as there are people in the world, right? Yeah, and I, I think anyone you talk to will give you their recipe of success or success somebody else they know has had, right? Yeah. Somebody always has like, you should do this diet or you should do this lifestyle. And it's it's tiresome. I, don't get me wrong. I, it, the intentions are good, but it's also kind of tiresome at the same time because it's like, look, I've been fat for 20-something years, okay? <laughs> I know I'm fat. I accept that I'm a big fat guy. And losing weight is not easy for me. So to think that I haven't tried every possible diet that you can imagine, you know, I've tried it. It just, I, I haven't been able to stick with it is what it comes down to so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I get, when I feel particularly annoyed in the way, you, the way you're describing, where it's like, listen, you don't know anything about being me. You don't know anything about being fat. The thing I get is like, like everyone's got their problems. Everyone's got their problems. Mine are different than yours, different than yours, different than yours. One of my problems results in, in me being a big fatty, okay? I wear my problems outside. Maybe you don't wear your problems outside where everyone can make fun of them, comment on them, feel like they have a right to have a say. And I kind of just feel like uh, I chose the wrong one sometimes when it comes to uh, personal idiosyncrasies, but maybe we don't get a choice. I don't know. Yeah, with the advice and ways to do things, the way that I figured out that I could lose weight really effectively was uh, eat mostly protein and some vegetables mm. and get up at four in the morning and deadlift and jump rope and hit the heavy bag for two hours and then go to work after that. Yeah. And I got into other things like yoga and started like lifting, you know, doing other weight exercises and stuff that I just hadn't done in a long ass time. Um, and I just started off by changing my eating. It was a really elaborate, long process just from, mm -hmm. you know, getting to the point where I was eating probably 20,000 calories a day in fast food, like at Whataburger Ooh. and getting to the point where I was making cheeseburgers at home and then making what was your worst day? day your worst food day oh i can, this is such a good story let's hear uh, it. i probably hadn't showered in about a week because i was uh, just incredibly depressed uh -huh. and i hadn't left the house and i went to whataburger at 3 a.m ordered two combo meals i ordered two honey butter chicken biscuits an extra large powerade like in addition to the one that i had already gotten and mm -hmm. six cinnamon rolls. Mm. I pull up to the window and like I looked like a fucking mess. And the guy at the window was kind of a big guy too. And I just, he opened the window and I handed him my credit card. And he's just like, you okay, man? <laughs> I was just like, give me my food. I'm just like, <laughs> no, like... I don't think so. <laughs> that was a really, that was a bizarre, just surreal experience. That That's a moment, a lot of man. Yeah. What, what do you, why do you think, what, what inspired him to say that? I just, I probably just, I probably looked worse than I thought I did. And I uh. knew that I didn't look good, but. You yeah. know, I, I apologize. I'm laughing because I, it's relatable. Do you know what yeah. I mean? For me, it's relatable. I, I've definitely been in that situation where, you know, you're so depressed. It's disgusting. 
it really is. And it's embarrassing to talk about, but yeah, I've been in that situation where, you know, I don't shower for long periods of time. I don't go out of the house. I don't leave the house. I don't go out of the house. I don't, I don't do anything. I don't have a regular nine to five job. Like most people I haven't in years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had the kidney complications, so I don't necessarily go into public a whole lot anyway. But, you know, I, you know, I, I'm laughing because it's such a relatable, messy situation to be in uh, that I can I can empathize and sort of laugh along with it because uh, of how relatable it is to me. Yeah. And just that was that was more or less probably that moment was my starting point. And then over the course of about a year, I spent the entire time focusing on just getting myself to eat better a little bit at a time instead of going out to like a fast food restaurant to get a burger and fries i'd go to the store and buy frozen fries and get stuff to make a burger i would go home and make it myself yeah, and take then, control of the ingredients that's a huge, yeah just a huge a little bit at a time yeah. yeah and then whenever i found an eating pattern that worked which is mostly vegetables and protein and stuff like that um, and I found I just started walking and eating that and weight started to just drop off. And then I started working out harder, started eating a lot more strictly. And I really just enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting in shape. I enjoyed feeling better. Mm-hmm. And then I moved for an uh, employment opportunity. And I was just talking about myself one day. And it's like, yeah, here's a picture of what I used to look like two years ago. And everybody's like, what the fuck? I looked pretty good at the time. And all of a sudden, like the girls in the office are like, whoa, how did you do that? Can you tell me, give me a tip on how to lose some weight? I want to lose some weight. And the CEO, it was a small little insurance agency. The CEO Uh was like, dude, nice. You and I, we've got to go out sometime and drink and talk about this. I'm like, and (laughs) he ended up hiring a personal trainer that taught him how to do yoga and really opened his mind and you know got him off on his shit and so the trainer was expensive he paid for me to go see the trainer for a month he's like i bought a i bought a month for you to go see the trainer you can say no if you want but it was two thousand dollars and you know i don't really want to just waste two thousand dollars and i should have just let him waste the two thousand dollars because going and seeing the trainer what it did is it just allowed me to go try things that I knew weren't going to work, mm. like doing yoga for 30 minutes and then doing CrossFit and CrossFit. feeling good about myself afterward and going eating sushi and a burger or something. Like, no, that's not going to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Mm. I want to get up and I want to ooga booga in the morning like a gorilla and I want to go look good and I want to see my muscles in the mirror like fucking yoga and eating cheeseburgers and sushi and doing CrossFit's not going to get me there. But, um, and then I, well, there's more to it other than that, but that was kind of the phase of me listening to other people. And whenever I just give advice to people about weight loss, and this I think is probably the best advice that I could give when you find something that works, just do it and don't listen to anybody else. Just, just be polite. Just tell them, sorry, I'm not interested this is working for me. This is effective. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. And just, just keep going about it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I resonate with that. Like the time when that, that I, uh, I lost the 150 pounds like a decade ago was just entirely me. Just like, I know exactly what I need to do. 
could not eat junk food. I'm going to moderate my portions. I'm only going to eat real food, you know, not processed junk, not fast food. And I'm just going to go ooga booga. Like, like you said, I did that every day. I did that every day. I did it to the point where I had to slow down, um, go be there for hours a day. Also at a time where I had a lot of time to throw out that kind of stuff. But um, I had an experience actually that happened to me back in 2019 where, uh, and this is when I was at my heaviest, where um, I got sick and I had to be on antibiotics for a little while. And because I was on, I was on antibiotics, I had no appetite whatsoever. And my wife, who was dealing with her own health issues, was trying a keto diet to deal with what she was going through. And she was like, do you want to do this with me right now while you're sick and have no appetite and just start a new habit and see how it goes? And I had the same kind of reaction that you described, Preston, where it's like, I know what works for me. I know what works for me, woman. Don't you tell me what to do. But um, I was sick. And uh, I, honestly, I'm, I'm a pretty open-minded dude. So I said, okay, let's try it. And uh, the keto diet was miraculous for me. I lost like like 100 pounds like I, without hardly any effort. And I, I was also um, going to the gym at the time. Um, so there are a couple things going on there. But I was surprised at how well keto worked for me. And also surprised at how little it worked for my wife. <laughs> Thankfully, she ended up figuring her, her shit out. It just took a few more iterations. But uh, one of the things I try to do these days still is try it. I don't do I don't try to do keto anymore because it's the energy it takes is not it doesn't line up for the way the, the rest of my life is. Like I don't have enough energy left over to devote to it. But um, maybe that'll change someday. But I do try to minimize carbs and I do try to do keto like stuff in my diet whenever I can. And it it taught me that it's not just like how much of what you eat. It's also like my body needs things that are not related to like the number of calories necessarily. Like there are some kind of foods that really agree with me, some that really don't. And the more I eat, the more I minimize the stuff that disagrees with me and maximize the stuff that agrees with me, it's not only um, helpful for weight loss, but everything else is better. My sleep is better. My, uh, uh, my energy level is better. My attentiveness is better. Um, I'm able to exercise better. I feel more, I have my, my, my libido is higher. There's a whole bunch of stuff to eat well. And it's hard to figure out what works for you. Yeah, I, and, well, no, go ahead, keep going. I was going to say, one thing that doesn't work for me is eggs in the morning. I was talking to you about this the other day, Preston. Yeah. My, my, my wife loves to do eggs in the morning, like for breakfast, and I love to join her, but every time I do it, it's just like, a one-way trip to the ba to the bathroom, all lunch. I'm just out, down for the count. I can I can count. I, it's a reliable thing. There are also a few like like go tos that I've had that seem to be the right thing. Like I would do these pre-made chicken salads from a grocery store we shop at, and eventually I started feeling sick at the same time every single day. And then I realized it was like an hour or two after I had that salad every single day. I was like, oh shit, I can't eat this anymore. What's what's wrong with this? Why isn't this working for me? I still don't know what's wrong with it. Um, but you just gotta cut the bat out. I used to take um anti-diarrheals before podcasts because I wasn't sure I was gonna be able to get through it. But now I stopped eating stuff that makes me do that and I don't have that problem. Knock on wood. What you just what need like a gamer chair? 
<laughs> oh god. Ugh, gross. Ugh. What what food habits have worked for y'all? You you talk well, about a lot of protein. What about you, Inks? Go ahead. So I'm not really on a diet per se. I've okay. just cut everything that I eat down to very basic whatever. Like I haven't changed things that I'm eating. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the other day I had donuts. Not a healthy food. Probably mm. shouldn't be eating them. Let's be honest. But I really wanted a plain. Uh, I eat, first of all, I eat plain donuts now. For some reason, at 42 years old, I hate things on my donut. I don't know why. You know, one of those weird things. I guess it just happens. But hmm. I'll, I'll have a donut. No sprinkles and no frosting. No, nothing, nothing. Just plain now. What about a? I don't like know what Boston it is. Boston cream donut or a I, I mean, donut. I don't get me wrong. I used to love Boston creams, but now mm. I'm on the plain donut kick. I don't know what it is. Okay. So anyway, I get a plain donut and I, a small cup of tea, usually with, with honey in it because it helps my throat, mm. especially if uh, I need to be on a podcast or something where I'm talking. The honey is really good for that. Um, but just in general, I find in the morning I'm a very congested person, uh, I guess, like nasally and into mm. my throat. So getting that honey in first thing in the morning really opens me up and gets me going in the morning. Um, other mornings I have like two of those small cups of yogurt. So it just depends on what's available at my hand, what I have. That's usually what I eat uh, for a, cu a couple of days last week. I had two over medium, well done eggs and a piece of bacon cut in two. Hmm. And that was like my breakfast. Hmm. Now that doesn't seem necessarily for some people like a really small breakfast for me, but that's substantially less than I would normally have eaten. If I was normally eating breakfast on a normal day, I'm having two or three egg McMuffins, you know, maybe a hash brown, a large oh, orange yeah. juice, probably yeah. a smoothie. You know what I mean? Like I really pack it in there for when I, when I do eat breakfast, which I didn't always do, I would pack it in there. That's right. And then, you know, come one, two o'clock, I'm ready for lunch. Buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, no problem. Yeah. Um, for, for nowadays, I either skip lunch um, or... What I'll do is, like, I'll, I tend to order Subway quite a bit. I'll order a foot long. I'll eat half of it for lunch, and I'll eat the other half for dinner. <clears throat> That's very And controlled. I really cut down on, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, so if I skip lunch, then I might have a slightly bigger dinner. If I don't skip lunch, then I usually split, like, lunch and dinner together. And is it working for you? Is it, like, trending in the right direction for you? Yeah, you know, I haven't felt, there's a couple of times where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, God, I'm starving, right? But for the most part, not really a big deal. The next thing for me to get under control is drinks. Mm. Normally, I drink unsweetened iced tea almost exclusively, which has no calories. Mm. But in the last week or two, I've had like flavored iced teas, which are full of sugar. It's just not right. sugar. So that's no good for me. I need to, I've, I've kicked the pop or soda habit. For the most part, I have one mini can once in a while, um, maybe two in a day. Any more than that, my gut can't handle it. It, it mm. just tears me up inside. But anyway, I got to kick the sugary drinks and be straight on. Ideally, I, I need to move to like a lemon water or something like that, like natural water with yeah. lemon or something. Like I need to kind of kick the tea a bit too because I drink way too much tea. I don't think that's probably not good for me either, even though there's no calories. Probably not good to drink maybe like 13, 14 cups of tea a day. You know what I mean? 
All things in so, moderation, right? Yeah. Now, on top of that, my big gain has been the gym. Hmm. I haven't been to the gym in like 20 years. I started going uh, almost two weeks ago now, and I'm going anywhere from one to three times a day. I took one day off where I didn't go at all because I was feeling sore. Now, here's the thing to, to keep in mind, too. I say th- like most days I go three times a day to the gym. I usually hit the gym at 4 a.m. and I hit it at noon and then I hit it like right now would be an ideal time, like 8 p.m. And then I go to bed. But the gym is five minutes. It's downstairs from me. Uh. It's, it's a it's a community. It's a very small community gym. There's only ever like three or four people in there in the afternoon at most. So and I have access to 24 seven so I can go whenever I want. That's really cool, man. That's a huge that's a huge. It's huge. Too. It's huge for me because I can go down and usually in a, and. To be fair, I work out for 40 minutes to an hour at most, and I usually do cardio first, walking slash jogging slash running on the treadmill, and then I usually do arms and legs or a combination of of that sort of thing. The other day, I I rode the bike for the first time in like forever. I rode like a half mile. How's your butt? So sore. (laughs) Getting used to the bike again. Yeah, tough. But- you know, just going for like 30 to 40 minutes in the gym three times where other people would go to the gym once mm-hmm. and they'd be there for like two hours, mm. which is fine, but that doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm not going for two you hours. You like I get bored throughout your day. Yeah, I get bored real easy. Uh, I, I don't currently have, I got to get a new phone or something because I don't have music with me to keep me occupied or a podcast or anything. I just go and there's nothing going on in the gym except the workout. I get it done and I just leave. I just get out of there. Because I can't, I, I just can't do it for two hours. I, I don't know if it's ADD or ADHD or anything else you want to call it. I just can't focus that long when doing that for the, for like that. People who go um, to the gym for two hours, I don't know what they do. Or an hour or however long. I don't know how long, no, to be honest. I get the I impression no the people, people who go, are at the gym for but, long periods of time are usually like, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of chatting, socializing, like a lot of time hitting the showers. I don't know. This is like, crazy to me. Yeah. The longest I was at the gym was eight and a half hours, and I was working out the entire time. You guys are both crazy. Inks with you, you three times a day. Preston with you, like, it was the like it day was, there. It was pretty routine. I did that two or three times. Scared you guys. and burned like four thousand ish calories on each of those. Those, uh, I guess, instances that I was there for that long. But like we, the gym that I was went to when I was in Corpus Christi, I loved going because there was a wall of mirrors in front of the treadmill and mm-hmm. I would set the treadmill for an hour and I would just look at myself, like just look at my eyes and just walk in the mirror for an hour and time would just go like that. Huh. I'd just be like, look at you fucking fat ass. Keep going. <laughs> and sometimes I would just start the timer over. Like I'd hit an hour and just put it back on and then I would just go again. But yeah, there's the gym has full length mirrors, which I don't love because I don't really like looking at myself, obviously. But you you got to deal with it, you know. It's just one of those things where it, it's funny because for years I would go into the bathroom in the morning and it's a regular mirror, you know. I I can only see what you guys are looking at right now. Mm-hmm. So I look at myself and I'm like, eh, not, not too bad. You go, you look at a full length mirror, and you're like, I oh, have no. a turkey inside of me. Why is that in my stomach? <laughs> I'm going to give birth. My turning point, quite honestly, and this was a number of years ago where I was like, 
and 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 it's been one of these things where it's like I, I need to drop the weight, I need to drop the weight. I never did anything yeah. about it until recently. Yeah. But I went to PAX East for the first time when Heart of Thorns was getting ready to release. <laughs> he, Brazil's laughing because he's seen the picture. I think I posted it recently. I saw it too. <laughs> you did. And I'm on stage and I'm pregnant. If I would, you know, if I didn't have a beard and I was a woman, you would think I was pregnant. Honest to God. And I looked at that picture later and I was like, I look fucking horrible. Like, I'm not. It was a terrible fat angle, too. It was the worst possible I'm, angle for you. Like, I'm not fat all over. I'm fat right in my baby gut. Like, there could be a baby in there. I, I don't know. I could be growing a baby for like the last seven or eight years or something. Long gestation. It's going to come out a teenager. So, but it's terrible. You know, you see that you don't normally see yourself. At least I don't normally see myself in full length. Yeah. So when I get a look at full length, I'm like, God, this is awful. This this is terrible. This is not good. Yeah, I've got some photos like that of myself floating around. Nothing, nothing at a gaming event, gaming convention like that. But man, I feel that. I feel that. You see those pictures of yourself, and it's like, fuck, fuck. Like I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that. And if bad. I'm thinking it's bad, I know everybody else in the audience is thinking this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Even the nice people. Even the really nice, sweet people are thinking, God, this guy is fat. <laughs> you know, there's just no way around it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I going to the gym, I like to go in a corner by myself. And I the gym that I go to now, I hate going to it because there's no mirror for me to just stare, stare yourself right down. at my eyeballs whenever I'm on the gym. Bore lasers into your own skull. Yeah, I have to fucking look across the whole gym and I'm just like see people walking around and talking to either. I'm just like, I don't fucking want to be anywhere with you. I want to be in a corner by myself in my own little plane of existence. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes to kind of get my heart rate up from just where it would be if I was sitting down. And then I'll go into the heavy bag room into a corner. And if the lights can be kept off, then I'll turn them off unless somebody else is in there. And I'll just hit that for 40-ish minutes like that to an too. hour. It helps me like focus when the lights go down. I'm just like, yeah. like you're gonna, it kind of helps you get into the zone, you know? Yeah, and I've been, <laughs> I've, started uh i guess maybe two-ish weeks ago i was like fuck i need to record all of this because this would mm. make a good youtube video the mm. content creator in always creating I, yeah like i fucking go in like i take my camera and like a tripod into the gym and set it up in a corner and i was <laughs> recording myself hit the heavy bag and i have a full-length mirror in my closet and, like i was recording my body in different angles and shit i'm just like i fucking hate this i hate this I hate everything about this. I hate seeing myself. I hate watching my, cause I used to be, I wrestled for six years and like, I've, you know, I've, I was a rowdy little kid. I've been in fights here and there. And then when I was working out in Corpus Christi, the guy that I worked out with uh, was a boxer. He boxed in the air force and other places too. So he taught me and I picked it up pretty fast. Um, and I used to know what I was doing a little bit. Like I wasn't an expert, but now fucking I have, a hundred plus extra pounds on me and it just sucks to move around. It sucks to keep my oh, legs man. going sucks to stay on the balls of my feet. And I can keep my hands up because you get hit in the face. Once your hands don't ever come down after that. It's funny how you build that muscle memory, but yeah, it's everything sucks. Moving sucks. It all sucks. Fucking sucks. All of it. That was one of my big motivations to get this shit figured out. 
because I got to a point, man, where I was like going from like the from from being being seated in one room to being seated in another room was painful for me. Going grocery shopping was hell, dude. I dealt with such an enormous enormous amount of back pain, purely inflicted by the weight and the fact that I was in dog shit shape and doing what I love to do, sitting on my ass all day, working on my ass because I work in tech, playing on my ass because I like because I'm a gamer. You know, I'm I, I'm not like an extrovert. I'm not going out to do social events even pre-COVID. I just ah, uh, that sucked so bad. And that was the best thing for me about that keto experience I described to y'all. Um, it was kind of a fluke. Uh, I healed of my my ailments, and then I lost a bunch of weight. And the fact that the weight just came off meant that the pain in my back started to be diminished. And once that happened, it was easy for me to be up and being like, "Yeah, I'm going to exercise." The shitty part is when you get into those 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 negative reinforcing cycles with the shit, right? Where the pain prevents you from doing the things that would solve the pain, and that yeah. is that is hell. I've that been uh, I've been tweeting a lot about going to the gym and stuff on Twitter lately, and even for you know depression days for me, um, you know if I have a bad depression day, it wants to stop me from going, and I'm like I can't. Because I know me. If I don't go, that's it. It's a done. done. I won't go back for mu- for months, if not years. I won't go back. Uh, I have to go every day, at least once a day. I have to be in that gym. Otherwise, I've broken the cycle and it's over. I, and for me, yeah. Um, for me, it was. Uh, I live in a high rise building mm-hmm. in a city, so our garbage chutes are down the hall. Now I'm talking. 15 feet carrying the garbage 15 feet to the chute put me out of breath and i'm like this uh, this is ridiculous you know i see people bigger than me not out of breath why am i out of breath i you know obviously there's terrible things going on in my body that i'm out of breath walking 15 feet mm-hmm. and that was definitely part of the motivation as well it's just for me it's getting out of that depression zone pushing through the depression to try and get myself to do something yeah and try and establish some sort of habit that I'll follow through on, which is really tough. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you brought, that we're talking about the depression stuff. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's had that. I can't go to the next room without being out of breath experience. How horrifying and embarrassing that is. Ugh. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that, that helped me turn the corner on being active every day was I kind of stopped think of it, thinking of it as working out. This is kind of weird because I used to love to do what you describe, uh, Preston. But you get up, you ooga booga, like high energy, high intensity, high focus, fuck the world, fuck myself, fuck everything, right? You just get it all out, pure anger mode. But I got to a point where I, that kind of energy is almost never available to me <laughs> during the day. I just don't have that much energy to be that pissed. And if I'm not that pissed, I can't make myself do that. So how do I do something every single day that I can do? Well, I, I, I saw a podcast somewhere, you know, one of the people talking about sleep. And someone said, if you get, if you have this much activity every single day, then it helps you sleep. And I was having trouble sleeping at the time. I've, I've, I've talked to you all about sleep quality in the past. I use a, I have terrible sleep apnea. So I use a, what's called a CPAP to, a mask on my face that pumps air into my nose to keep me from 
to make sure I keep breathing while I'm sleeping. Changed my life when I got it. But, um, but that doesn't solve the problems of when I choose to go to sleep and sleep hygiene and the depression cycle of I feel miserable, tomorrow's going to suck. The later I stay up, the further away tomorrow gets in my mind. And then, and then you fuck yourself from sleep, and then the, the next day sucks, and you do it again. It's this terrible cycle. So I was like, okay, I'm going to improve my sleep. I'm going to do this every single day. And I, found, I find that, like, for me, taking the pressure off, like, a number on a scale or off of weight loss and putting it more on, like, more intangibles um, has really helped me. So I think about going out and being active every day, not necessarily as a tool for weight loss, but it's, it's a tool that helps me sleep better. It helps me focus. It helps me get out some of my, um, you know, aggressive feelings. I'm a man. I have these things. I have to deal with them. Um, it's like an overall, uh, like once a day opportunity for me to have my own headspace. This time doesn't belong to my fucking boss. It doesn't belong to my wife. It doesn't belong to my cat. It doesn't belong to anyone else. It doesn't even belong to anyone here on YouTube who listens to me. It just belongs to me. I get to be in my own head. And the thing that makes it really work for me too is uh, something that you described, it's about having the, the gym five minutes away. I don't have a gym in my building that, that's five minutes away, but I have a parking garage at the bottom of my building. And if I, if I walk around that sucker eight times, it's about 30 minutes. Most days, that's what I do. There's a park two blocks from where I live. But 80% of the time, I go and get my, my daily activity and just walking around the parking garage because it's right there. And it is so easy for me to get there. It is so hard to excuse myself from going. When I was trying to go to the park every single day, which makes sense, it's a beautiful park. Why wouldn't you want to go there? I would talk myself out of it way, way more often. Instead of getting out there seven days a week, which is what I'm doing now, I would get out there like two or three. Big difference. That's been, well, yeah, I've been in positions where I've had weights out in the garage. I had a, well, my YouTube channel from back in the day is gone, but there was a point in time where you could watch videos on it. And there was this segment of a while where I had a treadmill literally right fucking behind my desk in my bedroom, in the middle of the room. There was, there was no room for anything else in my bedroom. The treadmill is fucking huge. And it was there. Yeah, there you And I got to the point where I wasn't even using that. I was like, huh? Yeah, I don't care. It's really, it's, it's, it is, I take a step out of bed and my feet are fucking on it. You can't be closer to that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's there. Uh, and I was like, I don't like, I don't, I hate walking. I don't like this. Like I would just find a reason not to do it. Yeah. And for me, I can, my usual just kind of passive state, of existence is slightly kind of annoyed probably and it's really easy for me to get from that to being just like fucking mad just like that it's huh. my dad's I that way my uncle's that way my grandpa is that way my grandpa was fucking like 85 years old and there was an issue with the roof and his wife was like, you got to call somebody out to fix the roof and he's like, no I don't I can get up there and fucking fix my roof he fell off the house and he survived it because he was just, you know, angry. He Too angry like, to whole, die. Yeah, the whole like right half of his body is just purple and black. It's just one big bruise. 
And he's just like, yeah, fucking stupid roof. When I built that back in 1999, I didn't know what I was doing. If I could build that thing now, I'd, you know, I'd make it right. It's just like, all right. My, the guys in my family are just really angry really easily, I guess. <laughs> and so it's super easy. Like I'll go to the gym and I don't even need music or anything. I don't really like to listen to music at the gym. Huh. I'll very pure. Both yeah, I'll just hang out and then I'll think I'm going to go hit this bag and then I just go hit it and I can just boop. I'm I'm kind of in the angry mood you now. Just flip into go. it. Easy. Yeah, it's 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 just there. I mean it it's it's just really not hard for me to do and if I need to get focused or something and you know work through stuff it's helped me with big work projects in the past and stuff. Mm-hmm. Being being able to get mad and blame something and complain about it, just that cycle gives me a lot of energy to go through. Mm-hmm. And then after it's over, it's like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll go do something else. But, do you do you feel like less angry afterwards? Or is that is it still just as available after you get it out at the gym? Oh, no, it, it's like I just feel normal after it's over. Okay. I just do that for an hour and then I'm like, all right, I'm good. If I need to do it for another, like, well, yeah, it was the same thing. Because like, I always feel I was, like, like more, more zen. I always feel more like more one with the world after I have a good, a good workout or a good exercise session. I, I don't big, big energy for me. I don't ever feel that way after workouts. I feel huh. that way if I go out with my camera and I do something, or if I get like a really good picture. Mm. I have this experience where I'm like, oh wow, I'm in a zone. I feel like I've conquered everything. But workouts, like, not really. Like if I have a really good workout, I just have huge energy afterwards. And it doesn't matter what time of day I did the workout. It could be four in the morning. And I'll come back from that four AM workout. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let let's yeah. do something. You know what I mean? Ready to make make a like a cabinet or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to just, you know, I'm hyped up. I'm I'm ready to go. You know, I'm like Teapot, get on stream right now. And he's like, I haven't even gone to bed. I don't care. Get on. It's time to hype Guild Wars 2. Let's get let's get to it. We got work to do. Nice. But um you know, for me, so I think I'm lucky that I have, you know, first of all, I know that I'm lucky that I have the gym downstairs. It's five minutes away. Mm-hmm. I'm also lucky that it's not in my small condo. Um, I wish my computer was in a different room or in a separate room because I feel like when it's separated by its own room or its own area that's defined, for some reason that puts me in a different mood when I'm in that area. Hmm. Um, like for, I haven't really made a whole lot of content in the last two years almost. Right. But on plenty of podcasts and so forth, but my own material, my own streaming and my own, uh, making videos and so forth. Um, not having a defined workspace to be like, okay, I'm in a work mode now is difficult for me hmm. because it's just part of my living room. Like this is just my living room you're seeing behind me. It's, you know, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a defined workspace. And, and the same thing for the gym. When I go down to the gym, I'm in the gym. This is workout time. This is workout space. I'm not taking phone calls. I'm not arguing with anybody. I, you know, this is for workout. I don't do anything else here except workout. And when I leave, yeah. then I can take care of whatever. It's about focusing your attention, right? Yeah, for me, it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've that, I think... The, the dimension of that I can relate to is uh, shutting down some of the attention attention grabbers in my life, mainly things that are in my phone. But that makes a lot of sense that you would want to have 
I, I need to a dedicated area for different kinds of parts of your life. Yeah, I, I need to have compartments for like these different areas. Do you what know are your what I mean? ideal compartments? We're planning. Uh, I don't know that the the future like, Guild Wars comp- Creator Mansion, and we're planning the Ink Swing at the moment. So <laughs> let's let's get it sketched out. Um, I don't know that the compartment itself has any sort of specialty to it. It just has to be a separate room. So and it just has one to be room a mindset. For, like the computer for the digital world. Right. Like like when I enter that room, I so that I can attach like a mental compartment to it and say, okay, it's work time now. You're not here to, to fuck around and have fun and pardon my language. You're not here to mess around and do whatever you want. You're here to work. Mm-hmm. You, you get on streaming or you make a video or get out. You don't belong in this room. Yeah. And that's just a mental attitude I need to have when I approach something. But without having that compartment like I do now, I don't have that. I get on the computer and I mess around on Twitter and I tweet way too much and I screw around on streams watching people. I'm just entertaining myself. I'm just passing time. Mm-hmm. I'm not working on anything necessarily, right? So it's really hard to get into that work mode without a work compartment. Yeah. Because many years ago when I did go to the office, I went to work. You know, yeah. and I was at work and I did work and I didn't do anything else at work but work. Mm-hmm. Brother, and when I, I really- came home, I'm at home. This is my home time. You know, don't mess with what I'm doing at home. It, so, but I don't have that now. It's all conglomerated. And it, for many years, for a long time, it's been that way where it's just been one place. And one place not for everything. For everything, right. Yeah. And so you're never like in one mode. You're always your mind's always kind of divided into like, oh, I like I'm trying to get into the mode. Like, yeah, I'm trying to get into a mode, but I don't, I don't quite get there most of the time. I have that problem with, with work where this is the, this is my, 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 where I work, where I work from home. I have a a tech job at a startup. Uh, They're based on the East coast. I'm on the West coast. So I'm all remote. And uh, I also Love playing video games. This is where this whole, that's where all this podcasting shit came from. So I came here for entertainment, and this is where I make podcast content. A huge amount of my life happens right in this fucking chair, and I have this the the struggles. It sounds like it's similar to what you deal with, Inks, where I sit down here, and if I'm not very clear in my head about what I'm doing, I just sort of passively entertain myself, like you described. I'm tweeting. I'm watching random streams, scrolling Reddit, um, getting angry at strangers for saying things I think are dumb and stopping myself <laughs> from saying anything about it. Yeah, way happens way too much with me, especially <laughs> Brazil knows. Getting on Reddit and Twitter, I, I shoot myself in the foot like on a daily Reddit basis. Reddit is the worst. Like, I, yeah. If oh, you find yourself gosh, commenting on Reddit, like when you, when you get to that point, that's when you know, okay. I've been good for a couple of months. I haven't really commented or looked i'm like you know what i don't really need that i'm good but um and then the other thing somebody made a comment um one of my friends and and one of my longtime viewers made a comment normally i'm so i don't know about you guys but i'm usually invisible when i log into guild wars 2 okay because if i'm not invisible somebody is and i don't mean this to sound wrong but it's going to sound wrong Hmm. somebody's always sending me a message to okay Hey, did you see this leak or did you see this content or are you going to make content or when's your next stream? You know, something. And they are all good intention people, all really nice people. Yeah. But I just, this is me time. I don't want to, you know, if I'm not streaming, I'm invisible most of the time. Sure. So more recently I've been logging in as busy 
which stems the tide, but not really. But the other habit it's revealed to people is that I will log in and out of Guild Wars 2 like 50 times a day. Huh. I'll start it up for two seconds and just say, who's online? Oh, Brazil's running Stronghold of the Faithful, and uh, Nike is in uh, Octavine and whatever, uh-huh. right? Okay, I log back out. Then I'll log back in 10 minutes later. Okay, who's doing what now? No, I'm not interested in doing any of that. Log back out. Log back in. I need to check the auction house, so let me see if I made any money. Okay, that's good. Reinvest. Oh, log back out. And I'll do that all day long, like 50 times a day. Huh. And so somebody's seen me doing this because I was busy and not invisible. And they were like, are you okay? <laughs> I just see you log in and out like 10 times in the last one minute. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, it's my normal habit. I, you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> do you think that that's a, do you, are you okay with that? Or is that something you're trying to change? Um, it's not something I'm necessarily trying to change, but again, if I was in work mode, I wouldn't log into the game at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because I don't have that work mode and I'm in like entertainment mode, almost 90% of the day. I'm flopping around to different Twitch channels. I'm logging in and out of the game constantly. I'm checking Discord. Con- you know what I mean? I'm all the socials. What is there anything on Twi- Twitter to talk about? I don't know. I don't do, I don't like, I don't agree with this guy. You're kind of searching for the next hit, like the next token. Just hit. something like, you know, I wonder who's online now. I wonder if I can talk to them. Let's talk to so-and-so today. Like just cause I'm bored. Right. I need to entertain myself some way. Sure. Sure. Like it'll get so bad that I'm watching three streams at the same time. I need another monitor because I got to split the two. Too. I've yeah. got teapot on and I'm watching Laura over here and I got uh, somebody over on this monitor and all the volumes are on. So it's all chatter, 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 chatter. Oh, God. And then I'm like, you know what? None of this interests me. I need to put music on. So then the music goes on over the three of them. <laughs> I don't know. My brain's a mess. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Until I need to focus on something and then everything mutes. So I can focus for a few minutes, like I was working out a. I'd imagine uh, that going to the gym. Equation problem. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Tell your story. I was working at a chemical equation problem the other day, just because uh-huh. I'm trying to sharpen my mind on it again, and I had to turn everything off so I could focus because otherwise I can't focus with all that crap going, all that noise in the background. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. I'd imagine. But that anyway, that's just when my you get crazy that, brain. I can't. I'd imagine when you get into that focused state, it's a huge relief for you. Like you must feel really good compared to feeling like you're constantly shifting all the time. Uh, I feel more focused. Yeah. Is it a the, good, is like, it good like though? The... Or is it just neutral? Like, okay. If, if, if I want to be scatterbrained, that's okay. If I want to be focused, that's okay. I, I can't tell if you're no, like, try. it doesn't necessarily thinking... feel good. It doesn't necessarily feel good, but I feel like I can accomplish more faster because I wasn't focused on anything before. Okay. Okay. What about you, Preston? How do you, how do you manage your attention? Uh, it, it's kind of the same thing. There have been instances where I've done remote work for, um, just because of particular circumstances that came up, like we had an accountant that really should not have been an accountant. They would have done great somewhere else, but not with numbers and spreadsheets. And so I... I had to fix that because I knew how to use Excel Sure. and apparently no one else did. So I was up for three days straight fixing stuff and I was really focused the whole time and working on my computer. And that's one of the few times where um, like I, and it was just like robo work. It's just like 
do 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 tab down kind of delete mindless. the cell like yeah. yeah completely and i just did that for like i would get up to go grab a monster energy and then come sit down and do that for two hours and then get up and like i don't know but i pretty much just did that for three days and i did mm-hmm. it from home i told my boss i was like i'm not gonna do this in the office on a laptop i need to be at home on a real computer that's right and so but yeah otherwise if i try to do any kind of remote work i just no it's not gonna happen unless it's if it's editing video or editing pictures i really enjoy doing that and i can focus on that no problem i can just because i just love doing that um whenever i go out and take pictures i like to come um i like editing more than i like taking the pictures a lot of the time and i'll come home and mess around on the computer um i have if i'm working in premiere pro in After Effects, I'll have After Effects on two screens and Premiere Pro on two screens. And I'll be doing stuff with a linked file in between them. Or when I was really into digital art for a while, it just, I just have like Photoshop and After Effects and shit going all over the place. I can get focused and that's not a problem. But if it's work work, whenever I was doing photography on my own, like freelance stuff or work for you know mm-hmm. clients that I meet here and there, graphic design stuff, I don't have a problem separating out whether or not like if i'm going to be working at home on it but when i was working uh, doing automotive photography at a car dealership good luck like as soon as i come home i'm not gonna think about it it's it's done i can't try to get into that if i needed to do anything i would i would just stay at at the dealership for 12 hours sometimes because i wanted to get stuff done there and i knew that if i came home and started doing it on my computer it's not going to happen. It's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. So I would just stay up there and work on it on my laptop or something. But it just kind of depends on what it is and how much, I guess, personal investment I have on it. Because if it's work where quantity is more important than quality, like dealership car photography, I'm not going to be meticulous and spend hours getting up and looking at it like this. And then like doing some sit-ups and then looking at it while the blood's flowing through my head and from different angles and changing settings just because I'm just going to do it and it's just going to be done in 10 seconds. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so, but I don't, sometimes I do like, I just, my dad and I have been working on rebuilding the garage and I have a really nice laptop. So I'm probably, I'm going to set up a little recording studio out there and start doing some other stuff, but I'll probably have that as more of an office and this just as a kind of general fuck around, do whatever kind of an area. Because I imagine if I start getting really heavily into content creation, like I want to do and teaching people how to use cameras and stuff like that, I will inevitably get distracted. Something will happen on discord and I just need to be in another place that's, you know, not Discord on the screen like I'm used yeah. to all the time. I'm somewhere else. Yeah, the separation is healthy. For me, yeah. just like, I have to close Discord. I have to close all my other browsers. I have four monitors. They all need to be blank. Sometimes I'll, I'll just turn yeah. off all my other monitors except for one to make sure I'm not getting distracted. And it was also confusing. I... There was a guild that I was in briefly in Guild Wars 2. I think it was right before I moved to Kentucky and I was working, I was doing graphic design. Mm -hmm. And this girl was telling me about how she was playing Guild Wars 2 on her laptop at work. And I was like, what? I'd never think to do that. Hmm. 
why would you do that? What the fuck? <laughs> like I'm at work. I'm fucking doing work. Like I'm not, I don't care about talking to people. And then that was problematic because at that point it never occurred to me to just go to work and do and the same off. thing that I would do at home. Yeah. And I had this revelation like, Whoa, I can text people on discord <laughs> while I'm at work now. Okay. Yep. And that opened the door. And so I started wasting a lot of time, but then that made me realize, well, I can, I'm still as productive as three people. Like I, I could talk about this shit for a long time. I won't, but hmm. yeah, the, whenever I was at the insurance agency, the last three months I was there, I had another revelation like that. The, my, my boss, he kept moving me from thing to thing and having a new idea. I need you to build this. I need, I need these tools to interact with each other. We need to fucking, we, we got to get this going. We got to set this up. And after doing that for a year and a half or what, well, no, not quite that long, but after doing that for close to a year, I was just like, I don't ever finish any one thing. And then we just start something over anyways. So what if I just don't do anything? What if I come to work and do literally nothing for eight hours? Can I get away with that? How long could I get away with that? And I did it for three months and then quit. That is I a probably kind of... could have, I probably could have gotten away with that indefinitely. Yeah, I just, that is, a, that is a, a risky kind of situation to put you in, put yourself in. Yeah. I've, I've yeah, I would, been there too. I've never had a job where I could get away with that. <laughs> I was the I was the IT guy. I wish we outsourced also some of the other stuff to a, a IT place. I would fix little stuff in the office or like I did things, mm -hmm. nothing too crazy. And I would fix stuff if something some someone would do something stupid. But it wasn't any kind of a really intensive job other than just deciding to like having my boss decide you need to we need to do this. We got to become the biggest fucking agency in texas and there's this new thing that i found my boss my my good friend over in san antonio told me about salesforce and this thing that integrates with the phones and i need you to make it happen we got to make this happen we're going to be the best i'm like all right cool i'll do it and so like i'm fucking around in salesforce which is horrible oh, yeah fucking yeah. sucks and you know two weeks later he's like so anyways, my guy in uh, Houston, he told me about this thing and we're just going to not work on what the guy from San Antonio said. We're going to go do what this guy said. It's like, okay, cool. So yeah, I just, those two moments were very uh, life-changing. I realized that I could just, like, it, there's, I would never have thought at any point, just, I would never have thought that I could just go to work and not do anything. Mm -hmm. I just I go and fucking I work I do my job yeah to my like detriment like I I always overwork myself if I'm not overworking myself if I'm not being as productive as possible and keeping other people on task it bothers me when people fuck around like I I managed the Chick-fil-a and people fucking hated me because <laughs> Chick-fil-a is the busiest fast food restaurant on planet earth to begin with and I'm like telling all these high school kids, no, you don't get to fucking be on your Snapchat. You're going to fucking put this food in the bag and the yeah. people are going to get it. Yeah. And there's, there's, you know, stuff to all of that too, but it's, I'm just work hard and it, I don't know how we got to this. Yeah. Sorry. You, you do not want me being your boss. Not <laughs> a good thing.
Yeah. It, it it sounds it sounds uh Preston like you you expected from the people you manage the same thing you would expect from yourself. Which is a, yeah. a pretty good starting point. Yeah, I mean it, it it's not even I didn't even think it was an expectation. I just thought that's what people did because my dad my dad worked 17 hours straight the past two days because people installed machinery wrong at the warehouse that he oversees. And so he's like, no, fucking I'll do it. Watch me, fucking 58-year-old man, I'll install the machinery. You fucking kids sit back. <laughs> and so my grandpa, like the story that I told earlier about when he fell off the roof, my uncle... I'll do it myself, Gene. Just, it's so strong in your family. Yeah, we're we're just lunatic animals. Like, we barely qualify as people, probably. <laughs> we're probably just, like, still, like more towards the the ape or the bonobo <laughs> but it's i grew up i grew up and it's just it's always just been yeah you just work hard like it, there it never made sense to do anything else interesting i am a huge procrastinator like to the extreme but i never miss a deadline like if there's a deadline for tuesday i'll get it done monday night you know i yeah. won't have done anything up to that point <laughs> but you know It'll be done on time, but I will just have to work like 10 times harder than I would have had to work if I just would have done it at a reasonable pace. Procrastination, man. I can't. I That's terrible, another thing. Terrible procrastinating. When someone gives me a deadline like that, I'll remember, oh, shit, I wanted to do this thing four years ago. I bet I could do this and then still get the thing done on Tuesday. And I'll do a shitload of projects, get them all done, and they're all cool start them all over the next day because they weren't as good as I thought they were. And then shove the thing until like, yeah, like you said, like Sunday or Monday, I'll do it all and it'll just be perfect somehow. And I'll have no memory of how I did it, but it'll like, I, it, it would probably be really fascinating if I recorded myself and played it back while I was just in like a focus mode. Just You are fascinating to me, Preston, because the way you work is fucking alien to me. It sounds like you have this, like you have this like power of passion. That if you turn the eye of Sauron of your passion on something, it's just like good luck to that thing getting a, like not getting done. Like whether it's going to the gym for eight hours, whether it's you know rebuilding a roof, whether it's you know eating forty thousand calories, uh, it's just like uh, or you know uh, uh, telling you reading that what for with legendary armor. It's like watch out. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's I get a little itchy sometimes, and I feel like some just needs to be done, and I just fucking do it. That's and usually, after it, there there are plenty of times where there have been very poor ideas that I've executed on. Like <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to consider getting a Subaru WRX. They're fun okay. little cars. Okay. Um, and I discovered that during covid you get to test drive cars by yourself because the sales people can't go with you true so you can't distance in the car and this was before the vaccine so uh i was test driving the subaru doing 115 miles an hour and a 35 <laughs> and then got pulled over and uh that was a that was a really interesting one but what happens yeah, when you get pulled over when you're test driving a car was it turned out neither of us knew? <laughs> so I just kind of didn't really say anything, and the cop was just like, "I don't, 
this is going to be really inconvenient for me. It's basically <laughs> what he must have been thinking. So he just wrote me a ticket for whatever the maximum fine was. And so it ended up, he ended up writing it for like 60 and a 35 and the ticket cost like $350. It was not fun to pay. Yeah. But I just paid it and went on. I don't know. I just, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. My attention is always a huge problem for me. So the idea that you could just get passionate about something and pound through it is amazing to me. I, I think I think I relate more more to inks on this and like I think in terms of like family legacy, like where like what kind of runs in the blood for me, like what kind of I don't know, like I actually had had this weird moment. Um so what you described with was it was it with your uncle with the roof? Is it is that who that was? Who did that? My my grandpa. Your grandpa, sorry, your grandpa he fell off, yeah. Yeah, I just like kind of get angry and taking responsibility, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to take responsibility for this thing. I think somehow I grew up with like the adults in my life modeling these behaviors that gave me the idea that the, the point of life was kind of like being comfortable. That was the most important thing to try to figure out. Um, and the thing that was the best way to be comfortable was food. Food comfort was just like everywhere growing up. And I had a lot of people in my family with weight problems and like being aggressive, being loud, not really okay in my house. Um, and I, it didn't, another way of orienting myself within the world didn't occur to me until I was in my thirties and I just happened upon, upon the right audiobook, And it suggested to me that, uh, life is suffering, but you can conquer that shit if you take responsibility for it, starting with the small things. So that's what I started doing. And the idea that taking responsibility for the shit that's going wrong around you will save you and the people around you never having occurred to me. Like, it's, it's so interesting to me that that behavior would be sort of automatic for you or for someone in your family, Preston. But for me, it's something I had to learn in a fucking book in my 30s. It just blows my mind. Well, yeah, this is also something that, a point that I've thought about recently because I decided I should learn how to paint okay. and that lasted Why? for about a weekend <laughs> because I realized that when you paint, like if you make a very beautiful, elaborate piece of artwork, it takes months to do. Mm. Because you have to fucking do it and you have to wait for the paint to dry. And if you like, there's this whole like process. I'm like, if I, if something takes me longer than a day to get done, I'm just like, this is stupid. Mm. Like there's gotta be a better way to do this. Like why the fuck would something ever take so long? Yeah. Like huge projects when I was doing graphic design, the first week I was there, they gave me work and they're like, if you can get this done in the next month or so, that'll be great. And I had it finished in three days. I'm uh -huh. just like, here we go. And they're like, but uh, I, we had some disagreements because anyways, but yeah, it's like, I just, everything is like a speed run to me too. Like how the fuck can we get this done as fast as possible? I'll like troubleshoot and like optimize little things here and there. Or mm -hmm. usually what happens is I'll get frustrated that something takes too long and then I'll think, wait, could this be faster? And then if it is, then I'll just, you know, improve it or optimize it. 
and that's the way that you're taking responsibility for the thing you're saying i know what's the best i'm gonna fucking do it yeah i just do shit that's really cool that's really cool that comes naturally to someone it's got me me in a lot of trouble how so so this is like the the design thing too like i i'm very familiar with photoshop i can if you have a problem with it, I could probably tell you how to fix it without being at a computer and tell you what menus to click, click here, to, what click there, to press. go yeah, to the second I tab. Could, <laughs> yes, I, I'm very familiar with it. All right. And so I am being trained by my boss at this place. And she wanted to make a white square with a black stroke or a border. Stroke is a border. And so I'm thinking, okay. This is really easy. Let's see how she does it because there are like three ways that are equally as fast. So what she does is she opens Illustrator. She makes a white square. She makes a black square, puts the black square behind the white square, zooms in, eyeballs everything to make sure that the proportions are like roughly correct, exports it out as a JPEG, and then opens it up in Photoshop. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. What? You've been here for 10 years, and you're about to train me on how to do work? (laughs) And so I was just very belligerent and said, that was really slow. Why did you do that? (laughs) And like three other times throughout the training, I was just like, why didn't you just press this hotkey? Like, why didn't you do this? And it, to me, it's just like, I'm just telling you like fucking yeah why are you doing this this way like you should know better yeah but it was very it was very insulting to her she didn't really like it and i was at that (laughs) job for i was at that job for a year in the last six months that i was there i was basically just doing spreadsheet work Mm -hmm. because they got sick of me doing everything faster and also better than them but also being very critical of how they were doing things so they just fucking hated me they're just like, all right, go do spreadsheets in the corner. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's fine. I can do spreadsheets in the corner. And then just, uh, I don't know. I was just like, I'm going to fucking move to Kentucky. I don't want to be in Texas anymore. Okay. I'll, so, I, yeah, I, don't, that I don't know was, what te- Texas has to do with it, but I was yeah. going to say, like, it, I, I bet that you, it, it sounds like this is a perennial, I don't know, problem. I don't know if you, it doesn't sound like you think it's a problem. It's just kind of a funny thing that happens to you. Where you run into what? people who aren't willing, aren't aren't able or willing to get on your level, and you find it annoying. Yeah, I guess that's probably fair. I just, it's more that it's confusing. It's just like, wait, what? Yeah, I like I I prepared really hard to get here. I learned a lot of time, and also most of the stuff that I've learned, I've learned myself. Like I didn't, I hated school. I taught myself how to do all this shit. I didn't yeah. go to college. I didn't yeah. get a degree. I Everything that I know is by my own doing. Yeah. And didn't you do things the right way? Shouldn't you know things better than me? Shouldn't you know more than me? I think so, a lot of people just satisfy themselves with a basic understanding of most things. They don't really go hard on stuff. You know, like... Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there, there are things out there that you just don't care that much about, Preston. Like, I don't know. Oh, plenty of stuff, yeah. All, we were talking about video games and weight loss. I feel like in, in that arena, you go hard on both. <laughs> so I don't know what else to think of as an example. Yeah. We know that you've gone hard on gaming. Like, that's kind of what you're known for. And losing 200 pounds at almost any weight on your own Steam is a huge achievement. And 
sounds like you're going, sounds like both of y'all are just going hard on this. Are you, what, what is your, um, actual, uh, workout habit today? Preston? What do you do now? Me? Yeah. Oh, so today it's icy as fuck and you don't drive in Texas whenever there's ice. Uh huh. So I just woke up and ate breakfast and then ate lunch and then I've just been kind of hanging out here. But my routine is I'll go and walk for between 15 and 30 minutes and then I'll hit the heavy bag. Uh-huh. And I've been doing it's some variation of heavy bag work, but uh what I've started doing recently is working on just form and just drilling the same thing over and over mm-hmm. working on footwork. Because when I started out again, after having not worked out in a while and went to just try to hit the heavy bag, I was gassed after 10 seconds. Sure. Sure. And people that are, you know, skilled or know what they're doing, at least on Can a, go bag for a while. workout. Yeah. You, you make fun of the people that come in the room and they hit the bag for 30 seconds and then they're tired and, and they're panting hands on person. these. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, I just, but again, here, here you are, I, I hear you talking about footwork, talking about going deep. Like you weren't just like, like for me, I feel like if I was approaching the, hitting the heavy bag, I would ask for someone's help. They tell me what to do. I tried to figure out how to do that. I'm not sure if I'd want to keep going. If I'd sure want to get, go deep, master it, get really good at it, but you do. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't, why would I, like, if I was, if there's something that I'm going to do and continue to do it, why wouldn't I just be really good at it? Why wouldn't you get good? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. if I want to, this is also like Guild Wars 2, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a super elite player, like, I'm not as good as I used to be at the game, mm-hmm. but if I go into a raid group, I want to do top DPS, Yeah. I want to fucking kill the boss on I the first I imagine you're never the least prepared person. Not usually. It's uncommon if I am, I guess. But... I sort of had a different take. I, I sort of have like the opposite take. I want to uh, be the worst person in the raid. Okay. <laughs> because I know approximate. Yeah, I, I, I want to be the worst person in the raid. Because if people are worse than me, I can't handle it. Uh, I lose my patience very quickly. Brazil, you've been in raids with me before. Yeah, not very long. And after a while, you know, if, if we're on the same boss and we're failing and we're failing and we're failing, if it's the first time, sure, it, that's fine. We're learning the boss, and I'm I'm okay. But if this is a if, if this is Gorsaville and you've killed him seven hundred different times with a very variety of groups of people, and you're not in a training run, okay, we're not teaching people how to play. You should already know how to play, and I'm not the worst person. Then I then we have a real problem because I am going to get frustrated really quickly when you're getting egged every two seconds. You're not dodging. You're not you know whatever. And don't get me wrong, I am not a top tier player. I am a, a middle to low tier player mm-hmm. when it comes to my overall actual playability in Guild Wars Two. I can play two classes semi competently, you know. Um, but when I see people who are worse than me, and we're you know this is clearly not a training run. This is a regular clear. Um, my patience is kind of thin. <laughs> yeah. What is the right amount of preparation if you join a pug raid clear group? What do you expect from your average pug raid clearer? I expect them to be geared properly, to know the rotation, to have food and utility on if it hasn't been provided for you. And I expect them to know the mechanics. 
What about you, Preston? You guess fair? I don't care. Because Brazil's way more laid back than no, I. No, <laughs> because if if Teapot and I have exactly the same stance on this issue, and we've talked about this before, uh-huh. but if a raid fails and I'm in it, it's because I'm not carrying hard enough. Mm. See, I'm not good enough. Fuck to carry, it, I'll do it so myself. That's why, like, I get. Well, yeah. Sorry, Inks. Go ahead. I'm not good enough to carry, and I know that. So if I'm the worst person, and everybody else is better than me, we shouldn't have any problems. I'm not good enough to carry. So if you really suck, and I got to carry you on my back, that's not going to work out real well. And you don't have the switch that flips for you like it does for Preston, where he's like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. We're going to get this thing done. I'm angry. I'm going to angry carry. My my switch is, fuck it, I'm going to kick you and find somebody else. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> and that's that's a bit toxic. I get it. I understand, but you know what? I'm not training people. I'm not trying to introduce you to raids. Or if I was in that mood and in that setting, okay, that's a very different situation. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about a regular clear on a, on a Tuesday or whatever, Monday, whatever, whenever it resets, I forget. Um, and we're talking about a regular clear with your regular group of people, and they're all effing around and having goofy fun. Don't get me wrong; I love having fun. And chatting about nonsense. I mean, I'm great at that, but I also expect to clear the boss in like two pools. I'm trying. And to Brazil's connect. like, you know what? You're terrible. I'm just going to carry you, and it's not going to matter. It sounds yeah, like Preston I, doesn't just doesn't really care what other people do, just in general. Like, no, like a, it doesn't. Eh. It doesn't matter at all. If it's the same thing, like if I'm at the gym, there are times where I go to the gym and I hit the bag, and I kind of know what I'm doing. And there are other people in the room that have no idea what they're doing at all. It doesn't bother me that they don't know. As far as I can tell, they're having a good time and they're getting a workout. So who fucking cares? I can work hard in my corner and then I can leave and it's fine. And with raiding, I like to, I get, I get frustrated in raids. If I switch to different roles and it still doesn't solve the problem because Mm -hmm. sometimes you need a little bit more damage, and that's what's going to carry the raid. So I'll switch off of, I'll say, like, can you just play Druid? I'll go play DPS, and then we kill the boss because it's, it's just a little bit of damage was missing. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll switch from, like, a DPS Scourge to Plague Doctor Scourge. And just the transfusion is one key point. That's why we killed the boss this time. But I get frustrated when it. I'll play five different roles trying to kill a boss, and we'll be on the boss for an hour, and it makes no difference where I'm at. And at that point, it's just kind of like I enjoy the company of the people that I'm around. They're fun people. I'm really not enjoying playing this game anymore, but I'll stick it out because I want them to have a positive experience. And I'll just I'll just do whatever they tell me at that point. If they say, "Oh, you should go switch to this," I'll just do it, and I'll just robot. And I'll just kind of be unhappy. I think, too, that I got spoiled early on in that Wings 1 through 4, my secondary group, uh, the the second uh, heart – no, it wasn't heart stuck back then. What was it called? Mystic Builds, I think. The second Mystic Builds team with, like, me and Kevin and I I don't remember, a whole whole bunch of other people, some who play, some who don't. We were clearing Wings 1 through 4 in 40 to 45 minutes, like flat, every single week. No problems, really. Once in a while, you have a goof and you got to redo a boss or something. But it was nice and clean. And we were just behind where Teapot's elite group was. 
So I'm I'm used to at least wings one through four. The other wings I really don't have experience with because I, I stopped raiding. But for wings one through four, even though I need a refresher on all of those bosses nowadays, at one point I expect to clear it in 45 minutes. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, what's going on? What are we doing? <laughs> How much do you guys care about the rewards from the raids? Like the I... gear, the loot. Anything like that. I don't fucking care. I. It. I guess it kind of depends. Because. If it's something like legendary armor, I really wanted that and then saw that it was a huge investment. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Why would I get legendary armor whenever ascended armor is just as good and I can get ascended armor way easier? And eventually I just got the armor because I didn't like the armor. I wanted to make a video about it, so I got all three sets. Um, Going hard. Yeah, but as far as just the regular wards, like, I don't really do raids for the ward, the rewards. I just kind of, I just do them because I like playing with my friends. Yeah. I don't really care about, I to a it degree, could be I care about. For all you care. Yeah, it's, I'm going to do it anyways. But it's yeah. it's fun for me to have a social outlet with people that I enjoy being around more than anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I used to care about rewards when it first came out. Nowadays, I, I could really care less. Like, I want a new raid wing. I, and I know it's dead content. I know they're not working on it. I'm sorry if that's a shock to anybody. I know strikes are the future, but I still want another raid wing. Uh, I know it's super unlikely to ever happen, but I'm still, you know, copium. I'm still hopeful. Hopium. I'm still hoping for it. It might be the last one. So hold enough of that. Uh, you know, but um, and I don't even care what the rates. I don't care what the rewards are. Mm -hmm. I, I have, you know, a semi uh, variety group of people that I either train or do raids with now once in a while. And I just like playing with those people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's all I care about. All I care about is who's in the group. Are we having fun? That's it. I, I really don't care about the rewards. Yeah. Sounds like y'all have kind of similar motivations, but a difference would be like, Preston, you're willing to swap to play different roles to help unlock the, the completion. And that's not a big deal for you. And maybe, maybe you don't feel like, like for you, it's a little bit more like, I'm here to do this. Either it's going to work or it's not going to work. It's kind of a different uh, level of depth there. I've never been, and it's funny because in college I used to tutor people in chemistry, uh -huh. but um, I've never been a good teacher. People have always said, you should go into teaching. Okay. No, I would not be a good teacher because I would be the teacher who set up a test on day one and that test wouldn't change for 25 years. You can know the answer key. I don't care if you cheat. I, you know, you can all get A's. I, it doesn't matter to me. I'll teach you the material. If you pick it up, great. If you don't pick it up, find a tutor. I don't know what to tell you because I've taught you the material and that's that. I'm just not a good teacher. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a good applier of that knowledge, but I'm not good at teaching you what I know. What Unless you learn exactly like me. What's that? What does teaching have to do with? Well, teaching other people. Like, okay. like teaching raids, for example. Um, this goes for yes. this goes for the, anything the that I would know. Meta. Teaching, teaching people fractals, teaching people raids, uh -huh. strikes. There's a lot of people in the community who do that, and there's a lot yeah. of people who are very good at doing that. They're very mm -hmm. good teachers. I've met quite a few of them. I am not that person. 
you are not going to learn from me because I'm going to give you a real quick thing that says, don't stand in things that kill you and don't take damage. And we're going to kill this. That's it. That's all you need to know for every boss, which is not true. Obviously, the, the, the more detailed mechanics do matter. That's a good starting but, point. You know, I, I'm just not good at instructing people. And I don't necessarily, you know, it's funny because I have this. Uh, I have this thing that people say to me, oh, you're such a good guy. You're such a nice guy. And I try to be. I try to okay. be. Okay. But when it comes to teaching, that's not necessarily true. When it comes to being in a raid static with me, that, that might not necessarily be true. You might get flamed. You might get told you're terrible because I've had enough of whatever's going on. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I'm not proud of that. I'm not bragging about that. But that's just who I am. You know? Interesting. I have less patience and i'm not able to carry like brazil or teapot so i expect people to sort of uphold their own hmm. makes sense makes sense i'm gonna try to connect something and thanks tell me if i'm out of line but you're describing like the need to have a place to focus you know whatever you're working on and how you log into and out of guild wars and you're kind of just kind of when you're in entertainment mode, you're kind of just spinning to this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. You're kind of picking up, putting stuff down. It sounds like uh, you're you're just gener maybe generally not focusing on one thing for too long at any given time. And maybe your propensity for being like, eh, I'm good with this raid group has just got to do with if you're wiping over and over again, you're just there for too long. Like, yeah, it's you don't want to give your attention to yeah. it for that long. Not not only that, but I can tell you this. Like, if we wipe more than two times, I'm already turning on somebody's Twitch stream to watch something else. Why? Yes. Like we have downtime. Get distracted, or... but it's not, you're not yeah. engaged enough. Yeah, I'm no longer engaged. Once you, once once we're wasting time, once I feel like we're wasting time now, yeah. I'm starting to watch something else. I'm putting music on. I don't need to hear what you're saying anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets worse and worse and worse, right? Because It's not a good thing. Yeah, it's not a good thing, but I yeah, I, I get distracted very easily, and it's like, oh, well, what they're doing oh i died oh well who cares we already wiped seven times with eight yeah you know i learned this thing about adhd i have adhd i was diagnosed with it uh two years ago ish something like that uh i learned that it is um it is an a disorder of attention and what it does what people who have adhd generally speaking are unable to focus their attention consciously voluntarily on something that is that they decide in their in the in the their conscious part of their mind they want to focus on i have a test tomorrow i want to study for it i'm going to make sure i study for it yes there's this show on yes there's this other opportunity that she, that sounds fun this is really great stream going right now oh someone just put out a new album i want to listen to that no i'm not going to focus on those things i'm going to control my attention to focus on this I relate to what you're saying, Inks, because I'm ADHD as fuck. And if I see a good opportunity for a for a cool hit of attention, my mind is so ready to switch. So ready to switch. Um, I do, do this thing a lot of people do, I think, with their phones. I'm constantly just bopping between social media apps. Oh, Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. Just always bouncing back and forth. And by the time, that fidget spinner. There you go. I, I, think, I think there are a lot of people a lot of gamers that that do that i'll never forget the day that i figured out back in the early 2000s that i could connect my tv to my computer with like a cable and i was like 
oh shit, I can have multiple screens. I could like watch a TV show while I'm playing World of Warcraft. This is life changing. This is life altering. Um, I never had to tolerate boredom ever again until I had to eventually figure it out that there is something essential about voluntarily tolerating boredom in order to get shit done and, you know, I don't know, do get anything done, make something of myself. But uh, I feel like I really relate. This is, to this is probably a good question. When you're playing Guild Wars 2, uh-huh. except for maybe the first time that you play the story or something, yeah. do you have the sound on ever? Um, It depends. Uh, usually, if I'm doing something that I'm repeating that I've done before, I might have like some basic combat sounds on, but mostly not. Mostly I have like a YouTube video going or a podcast or a Twitch stream or I'm talking to someone like I'm on discord talking to someone or I'm streaming and talking to my viewers. Streaming, by the way, is a great layer of engagement to add on to this kind of stuff for ADHD folks. Sorry, go ahead. Stream everything. No, it's just stream everything you do all the time. Always be engaged. Be like Ice Poseidon. That couldn't get you in trouble, could it? Never. (laughs) But, uh, so, this actually makes me think of another thing. I was really into Guitar Hero when I was in high school. Guitar Hero 3 was new and it was a big thing. And at some point I realized I could not play with the music on and do better because I could just focus on the buttons on the screen. <gasps> you monster! I, realized, I was like, oh yeah, the music is completely trivial. I don't need this anymore. And it's just distracting. And so I'm probably like one of few people that had a more positive experience playing Guitar Hero that without wild. the sound. Yeah, I was like, I'll just watch the buttons. And I should be at a personality through. test. Do you enjoy but, Guitar uh, Hero more with the music off? Yeah, with usually what I'm doing if I'm playing Guild Wars 2 is I'll listen to the same song or the same five songs Mm. on repeat for like two months straight. And the only like kind of focus I play with game sounds on just so I can be more engaged with the telegraphs because I pay attention to that but otherwise like i just prefer to listen to myself like hit the keyboard or whatever it's funny you say that because i've got like 10 songs currently that i just repeat yeah. just listen to the same 10 songs again and again and again, like over and over and over if i'm not listening to music which i started to do a lot more recently i've got one or two or three streamers up on the other stream or i'm watching um usually a show i've already seen before like house or the office or like something but it's just running in the background all day, constantly, never stops, is always going. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to have something. like Because I, I never play with sounds on. I do the story for the first time. I put the sounds on for the stream or whatever. And so I can hear the story. Otherwise, I never have music or sounds or anything mm-hmm. on in Guild Wars 2. Or any game that I'm playing. It doesn't have to be Guild Wars 2. Uh, anything I'm doing. you know, uh, I might watch Teapot for 20 minutes. Mute. Okay, what's Lara saying? Okay, mute. Let's flip over to the third person who could be anybody. All right, I, I don't care. Mute back to teapot. You know what I mean? Or I just let them all blast me at the same time, and it's just like I, I try to pick out the different whatever. Now, what's it like wh- listening where to all this those leads to? Uh, it could give you a headache real quick if you're not used to it. Do you ever it, like? It sort of overloads your brain. I can I can feel a tension in the front of my 
it sounds in the front hard. of my head. I, I can't. I, I I guess I'm wondering, like, do you ever like like have a moment where they all kind of converge, like a Borg moment? No, like, no. Everyone's no, having always, the same kind of thing. I can always sort of time. separate. I can't always keep track of what they're talking about, but I can separate their voices. They don't okay. converge into one mess. But okay. I do that because my brain needs that for some reason. I don't know why it needs that noise or whatever. Listening to one thing is not enough. I need to listen to two or three conversations and try and pick them apart because I get bored of one conversation. Yeah. And sometimes I need to focus, so that's why I mute them on and off. But when I don't need to focus and, and I'm just like taking it in as white noise, I just let it come. Now, how does this connect to anything we're talking about? Wellness. Well, we were talking about sleeping earlier. Mm -hmm. I am supposed to use a CPAP machine because of my weight. If I got rid of my weight, I probably wouldn't need CPAP. Mm -hmm. I also have a very narrow trachea for some reason. Okay. Um, so I, I need the CPAP. I don't use a CPAP. I've tried it a couple of times. Every couple, you know, every couple of months for the first year, I kept trying to go back to it. I just can't get used to it. Yeah. And I've tried different have, is, masks is just, and... Just the nose or, or the full like mouth and nose? They, they keep giving me the nose. I keep saying, look, I need a full mask. But That's anyway. what works for me. The, the nose thing by itself didn't fucking work for me at all. I do insist. Yeah, I I'll thing. have to try it again with the mask, but I hate the noise of it and whatever. My my other more consistent problem that I have medication for, and I haven't found a single one to work yet, is I can't quiet my mind. I can't turn it off. I can't slow it down. I, I've tried, you know, a lot of times for people, the problem is you have your cell phone in your bedroom. Yeah. And you're flipping through social media before you go to bed and you don't, you're not winding down properly. So I don't do that. My phone is, my phone is old from like 2008 or something. And it's a piece of crap and it doesn't have data. It doesn't do anything anyway. That's okay. terrible. Old school. So I don't have that in the bedroom, but obviously I have the computer out here and this is probably running right up until I go to bed. I've tried shutting it off an hour before I go to bed and reading a book. I got it. I, I must've read like 15 books last year. Uh, hmm. a Warhammer 40k. That's pretty good. But that's that a, doesn't that's more than one a month. That doesn't help because uh, then whatever I read in the book is going through my mind constantly, replaying the scenarios over and over again, trying to comprehend whatever it is that I've read and trying to visualize whatever I was reading. So reading doesn't slow my brain down either. So I haven't found anything that does that. And the doctors, I've I've been through six different like sleep medications up to this point. Sure. taking them up to whatever the maximum dose is, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't knock me out. The only thing I have found to work so far is going to the gym before bed, mm -hmm. working out really hard to the point of exhaustion, and then I can kind of sleep. But I have to somehow tire my mind out, otherwise it races all night, and I'll lay in bed for three or four hours. Yeah. Except, you know, after like an hour, I'm like, I'm bored of laying in bed. I need to get up and do something. Sure. So sleep for, for me, mm -hmm. not easy, not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I've always been a good sleeper once my head hits the pillow for the most part. But the trouble for me has always been getting my ass into the bed um, and not feeling so bad about things. I just stay, sit staring at a screen usually and putting off the inevitable. Um, reading has wor always worked for me pretty well. Um, I tell you what, though, Inks, I had this experience at the end of last year. It was kind of weird. I didn't really plan it at all. Um, but I had 
a kind of a like a gamer existential crisis when I quit New World, uh, you know, the MMO, um, because I was just feeling so. I was feeling so um, burnt out, not just on the game itself, but on this repeating cycle of always trying to find a new game and a game community to kind of like fill me up, to make me be okay, to stimulate me, to keep me engaged. I was always trying to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, and trying to stay pleasantly exhausted doing that. And if I was lucky, I got like one or two weeks out of a game launch where it was just that intoxicating early stage of a game that you just, mm, it's so good. By the way, End of Dragons Monday, I'm thanking the whole week off next week to get that, that thick hit of that. So I'm excited about that. But it's not sustainable, right? It's not scalable. And I got so sick of it that when I stopped playing New World, I just couldn't imagine, I, I just took a break from everything, the whole thing. And I stopped gaming. I stopped going to social media. I found myself sitting in my in my in my apartment being like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I'm not playing a video game. Like I don't even know. Um and I had like organized like my closet and I threw out a bunch of expired medications in the bathroom. By the way, we have shit in we had medication in our bathroom that had expired before we moved in three years ago. <laughs> I don't know how that shit got in there, but problem fucking solved. And I was surprised. I was surprised at when I did some of these things, things I would never would have done before. I never would have made prioritize them. Who cares, right? Not a big deal. I get it. Get that anytime. When I was so bored that I would do this dumb stuff that improves my life in these tiny ways, I found myself to be really satisfied and not craving those experiences. And not craving the social media hits as much, not craving the whatever as much. And I thought I slept really, really well on days where I would do those small things to take care of myself rather than playing a video game to get the same thing. And not everyone's like me. I get that. But um, I just, I, I find that a lot of times when I'm, I can't sleep or when I feel too depressed, it's because I'm looking in the wrong places. Like, can't really get what I need in order to be okay through these digital entertainment avenues. Do you relate to that at all? You want to go? You want me to go? Mine will be real quick. Um, okay. So once a year, usually, mine is our really big COVID year, previous to last. Um I usually visit my mom. She lives in the U.S. I live in Canada. I see her once a year for about a week or so. And she doesn't have internet at home. She doesn't have a computer at home. Mm. And it's not that she's anti that stuff because she uses the internet and computer at work. She just doesn't have it at home. And her and my stepdad have no need for it. Interesting. So when I go there, I'm fairly unplugged. I can go to my sister's and have full access again. But my rig's not there, and I'm on a laptop, and I hate using the stupid laptop. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm generally very disconnected the entire week that I'm there. And I do find that I go to bed earlier and stuff. Generally, I'm still up to 12 or 1 watching reruns on TV or something because it's still hard to shut my brain off. Yeah. But it's a little better. It's not as bad as it is when I'm here. Mm -hmm. 
It's not perfect, but it's certainly better. Well, like, yeah, sleep and stuff for me. It depends because I almost I don't have it going now, but I almost always have like a white noise machine in the corner mm. just making noise in my room. It just kind of helps me. Um, I don't keep five different streams on at the same time. But inks. Okay, there. You look like but, you might you look like you might have been watching Mighty Teapot on another another monitor. I was just making a joke. I uh, checked Twitter. I checked Twitter, sorry. Uh, <laughs> got him. But uh yeah, it's I don't know, sleep and stuff for me. Sleep has been actually something really curious. The more I guess if I'm depressed, the quality of sleep is not that great and I won't sleep for very long. Mm-hmm. I'll sleep for three hours and I'll wake up and I'll be awake for a couple hours. And then if I go to work or get busy doing stuff, I'm just kind of tired. And then, you know, whatever, I just get the amount of sleep that I can the next night. But, and usually whenever I go to sleep, I like to listen to something on my phone. Like I'll turn on a YouTube video about some mystery or some shit. I'll fall asleep listening to that. And that helps. Um, Kruf recently told me to start listening to ASMR because I had, you know, I've been having trouble sleeping again. I don't know that I'll try that. That seems kind of weird, but maybe, I don't know. But also the sleep apnea stuff. I got this fucking mouthpiece thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was, I recorded myself snoring and it sounded more like a construction crew than it did a person snoring. (laughs) Um, and so I thought, uh, yeah, I probably should do something about this, but I don't have health insurance at the moment because I am not working with an employer and the U S is a fucking nightmare or stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, I can't go buy a CPAP machine for fucking however $4,000 or whatever that's going to cost. I can't yeah. go pay $2,000 for testing and then $400 six times for different doctor's visits. But I can buy a $25 mouth guard on Amazon and see if that helps. And it's, you know, it's interestingly, it's helped a lot. I haven't been snoring since and I've been sleeping a lot better. So uh, it just, I don't know, sleep is sometimes good, sometimes it's not, depending on how I'm feeling. But wearing my brain out before I go to sleep, I can't really do that. I kind of just have to. I don't know. And I can do with a lot less sleep depending on where I am or what I'm doing or like the level of stress. Okay. If I go out to my friend's ranch for two weeks or something and we're just, you know, hanging out at the ranch house and we're doing stuff outside, working on like, you know, I like to call it terraforming because that's really what it is. They have a bunch of property and his dad will decide, well, we need a fucking pond over here or we need a mile of this completely flattened and we'll just do that. Like I can sleep for four hours a night yeah, and then wake up and just get to it the next day. And it's Working fine. hard, but you're right. The yeah. Sleep. Take a T post driver and I can just drive posts into the ground for six hours and it's fun. But, uh, it just, it depends. And, you know, some of the, I don't know, sleep is just kind of a wild card. It's all over the fucking place for me. Mm. I don't know what 
exactly plugs into the formula to make it good or bad. It's just that I can kind of guess depending on how I feel or where I'm at or what I'm doing, whether or not it will be better or worse. Mm-hmm. But there were periods of time where I just didn't really sleep at all mm. for like days and like maybe an hour or two here. But um, my doctor prescribed me something and that was fucking crazy because I would fall asleep like 30 minutes after taking it uh-huh. and I'd wake up eight hours later, give or take a little bit. But I wouldn't really be awake until four hours after that. It's uh-huh. like the first four hours of my morning. I didn't fucking know where I was or <laughs> what I was doing. And I'm like, is this really worth it? And so I just quit. Yeah. But uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, so for the record, I'm 42. And um, 20 years ago, I definitely could have lived on I, I did live on less sleep two or three hours a night and I was gold I could uh, you know I used to work uh, a weird 24/7 shift where I was going to work at uh, about midnight coming home at 8 a.m and I worked that four days a week and then three days a week the next week or whatever uh, and then even over sometimes they would force overtime on you and, and so forth but so I always had that weird work schedule for years in pharmaceuticals and in my 20s I could do it easy. Now, but nowadays, no, I, I require at least six or more hours at least. Otherwise, I just, you know, functioning is not easy for me on less than that. And I still have the same bad habits as I did when I was 20. Um, if I don't get to bed before midnight, then I'm just not getting to bed till the next day. It's just the way it is. Mm. If I'm up past midnight, like a gremlin, <laughs> don't feed me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, after midnight, I'll be up till five, six, seven, eight in the morning. Like I'm just not going to bed until then, yeah. just the way that I am. So uh, have to get to bed before midnight, otherwise it's not happening that day. Yeah, it's sleep is the real, real thing, man. Uh, it's not easy. One of the things I and always then I'm, do. I'm so conditioned. I'm so conditioned from from many, many years ago that I still wake up between four thirty and five a.m. every single day. As long as I'm in bed before midnight, hmm. every single day, doesn't matter. I could have gone to bed at midnight. I'm up at four. I envy that. Yeah, same. I'm That's no. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing because you're up and you think you're wide awake. Like you wake up and you're like, okay, time to start the day. And then an hour later, you're like, oh my god, I need to sleep. This is this is horrible. It's not. It's not good. I. I like to get up early and generally speaking, if I can get up, like if I can wake up without an alarm, I'll set my alarm for five 30. And if I can wake up at five by myself, normally, like I'm good or like at five 30, usually what happens is I'm really good at waking up almost exactly three minutes before my alarm goes off. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just a, you know, a reoccurring thing. And if I can get up at 5.30 and just get stuff going, by the time 1 o'clock comes around, I'm like, holy shit, I've already done a day's worth of stuff. And I feel really accomplished. But if I, and even if I go to bed late the next night, if I go to bed at like 11, 12, 1, and still wake up at 5, 5.30, something like that, it feels, I feel really good. And I can just keep going. Um, But if I go to bed at, 
two and I wake up at fucking nine or 10 o'clock, I feel useless. And yeah. by the time one hits, I'm like, oh, well, I already wasted all this time. I guess I may as well just not do anything the rest of the day. And then I just get stuck in this loop of planning things out, stuff that I want to do, projects, and maybe I'll get a little bit done. But then, you know, depending on what my goals and obligations are, and may just not get anything done. But the the other problem with this is the best routine that I've ever been on was waking up at three 30 and going to bed at eight. But the problem with that is you can't really have a routine like that and exist with the rest of the world in a capacity that's like social and fun because whenever it's people not when everyone else out, is awake. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, it's, it's raid time. Everybody we're going to go do, you know, wing one through four. And I'm like, well, I could play video games and I know that I'm going to fuck up my productive real life and it's going to be a waste of my time to go raid and play a stupid game. But I'll just do it this once and then it's just... You you have to be... I think the level of willingness to commit to something like that and also you have to build the rest of your life around it and there are some things that you just can't compromise because now I would like to stay on a routine like that because I work really well on it. I can, I function, I feel the best. Yeah. I think hmm. um, I have the most, you know, motivation and drive. And I just feel like I can get the most done. But if I want to go out into Dallas on Friday and Saturday night and talk to people and see all the crazy shit that's going on. If I leave at seven o'clock, that's not time for anything to happen. It's just, you know, people aren't, People aren't getting the party started in downtown Dallas until fucking two in the morning. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. And uh, so the way that I would optimally want to live just is not compatible with the rest of the world. And so I can't really do it. So I have to do my best. I have to think, well, I know I'm going to be out and keeping it. Yeah. yeah. And keeping a consistent thing day to day, I think is the most important thing that you could probably do. Like if you go to bed at one every day and wake up at eight every day, if that works with your, like if you could do that every day, do that every day because being consistent matters. But I just can't really pull that off all the time with some of the stuff that I want and feel that I need to do. So I don't know. That sucks. But yeah, it's interesting because in the past, both my work, but also the people that I play games with have have sort of dictated my sleep schedule. So when I was in my 20s, I was playing World of Warcraft, still very early days back then, obviously. And I, because I worked that weird midnight to 8 a.m. shift most of the time, when I got to play, the Australians were up. Like when I could raid, the Australians were awake playing and raiding. So I joined an Australian guild. I was the only like North American person there, I think, at the time. Less common nowadays, obviously, but back then it was a little more rare, I guess. Um, and then I think in SWOTOR, I, I was on like a, a, a weird uh, – I'm on the East Coast. I've always been on the East Coast. I was on a weird West Coast schedule, so I was always awake with the West Coast people. Um, and nowadays, it's either like either UK or European people that I'm up at the prime time hours of, right? So, okay. yeah, it's weird that – I sort of, you know, I don't know if my life is dictating my gaming schedule or my gaming schedule dictates my life. It's a little of both, I think. Interesting. Yeah. 
I'm definitely but, but like yeah. But ahead. like Preston was saying, nowadays I'm getting up between two a.m. and four a.m. If I get up at two a.m., I need to wait till four a.m. to go to the gym. But I've been waiting only to three. I've been I've been like going an hour early because it's like I have nothing to do. Nobody's awake. There's no one to talk to. Brazil's just about to go to bed. I'm just getting up. You know, whatever the case is. Um, except for Teapot, who seems to always be awake. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a weird one. He yeah. seems to never be asleep, quite literally. I could message him at three in the morning my time, and he's still awake. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the man lives on like one hour of sleep a day, I swear. But uh, anyway, so, you know, I get up and it's like, okay, I'm up. I'm ready. Let's be productive. Let's do something. But then there's nobody around to do anything with because my world doesn't wake up until like eight or nine in the morning, you right. know? So that's a weird thing as well. I really shouldn't be awake that early, but at the same time, getting that morning workout first thing of the day when nobody else is around, I need that. And I need that energy for the rest of the day. Yeah. The, th the comment you made thinks about you, whether your game gaming habits, uh, whether your life forms around the game or the game forms around the life for me, like, because I've been doing a nine to five the last decade. Like everything flows from that. A huge part of the way I, I sleep is formed from the fact that I have to be able to perform in my job for, you know, eight hours a day tomorrow, starting at a certain time. It's actually been a little painful lately because I went from uh, my last job, which had a, it used to have a, a West Coast office before we all went remote, but the whole team is West Coast to uh, this new job where the, the headquarters is on the east coast and most people i work with on the east coast so even though i'm like not really expected to work east coast hours like everyone i work with is already working at that time so things tend to tilt that way for me so it's been like a challenge of getting up earlier and getting to bed earlier and man i just have such a hard time going to sleep like before midnight even if I'm, even if i'm up at five i just have a hard time doing it and if i don't get at least seven hours of sleep i pay for it um I can probably gut it out for a, a day or two, but th by the third day, I've had a I've, I've had bad sleep. I'm I'm fucked, and not just fucked for one day. I'm fucked for days. And the other problem I have with sleep is on the weekends I won't go to bed because I've I've I feel like I've used so much energy to get my ass to bed during the week so I could perform at my job that I'm just like fuck it. I'm off the chain now. You can't you can't control me. And so, you know, on, on Friday, I'll be up till two and then I'll get up at like nine. And on Sunday, I'll be up till like two and I'll sleep until like, uh, like 10. And then I have to be up at, at six on Monday. And it's just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to jet lag myself. And then by Wednesday, I'm usually caught up again. But it's a shitty cycle. And I wish I could just, even if I paid for it, get up at the same time every single day. I wish I had that problem. But, um, yeah, sleep. Well, I need to see to another basic need, which is the need to take a piss. Should we take a short break, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm done. All right. We'll be right back, folks. And I'm back. We're back. The Dig Podcast with Preston and Inks talking about gamer wellness. Among other things.
among other yeah. right <laughs> among a variety of weird topics <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're just talking about sleep um so how about this um you know i think a really good way to sort of wrap up a wellness discussion would be to talk about goals right obviously there's the 50 pound challenge obviously but i think for me and maybe for y'all too it's not about the first 50 pounds it's about the lifelong thing where are we going with this so i want to hear y'all's long-term wellness goals and maybe how gaming fits into it or doesn't you want me to go first or do you want to go, go first, first preston all yours. okay um so actually this has been a difficult thing for me to kind of come to terms with in a lot of my life over the past probably even a year, maybe more has been avoiding this reality or not thinking about it the right way. But the reason why things kind of fell apart for me to begin with is because I was in, I was working for people that weren't very good people, but I was able to deal with that. I could just, you know, focus, do my own thing, go to work. It was fine. And then little things here and there, like I could deal with them. And the relationship that I was in, I had been in for three-ish years, two and a half, three years, a while. Mm. Um, Things started to not be as great, but, you know, we kept it together. And then I went and went to Hawaii with her. While we were in Hawaii, you know, things were pretty nice and we uh, we hadn't seen each other for a while because I had moved back out of Kentucky to Texas and she remained in Kentucky. Okay. And uh, anyways, we were in Hawaii and we went out and we were just kind of out in a shopping area and there was a really nice jeweler and we're like, oh, fuck, let's go look at wedding rings. That would be cool. And so mm-hmm. we did that. Um it was, I mean, it was, it was kind of nice just to go do that with her because I thought we both, that is some, that had been something that we had both talked about. Pretty serious. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we were, we were pretty serious and I'm thinking I'm like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. She was roughly the same age, a few months older than me. And I'm like, yeah, this, this seems good. Like we're in, we had both been improving our lives dramatically and things were great. And, uh, you know that was just kind of like a fun little moment in time. I remember it, you know, very vividly. I almost got into a fight afterwards too, because some guys rolled up trying to start shit and it was a mess. That's its whole own story though. But wouldn't that have been a story? We went to look at wedding rings and I beat the shit out of two guys in Hawaii and got arrested with the ring. That's almost how it went down. But, uh, I'll just stay out of that. It was, it was bizarre. Okay. Um, and so anyways, goals, How's this roll up? Yeah. Well, it ended up, the relationship ended up uh, failing. And so, mm. uh, and failing spectacularly, it was very unpleasant. And it sucked really hard and not the good kind of suck that you would want in a relationship. And so <laughs> uh, that, that kind of just like, that put the big crack down. Like, and all of the little blips and bubbles and things here yeah. and there. Uh, when the foundation of everything is solid and great, it's easy to just ignore that stuff. But whenever there's a giant fucking crack right through the middle of you and stuff starts to eat away at that, well, you know, things start to fall apart. Yeah. And so 
things fell apart really hard for like six months. And I ended up leaving the job that I was at. I moved back home with my family and just tried to figure out what to do for a little bit and, you know, got into some other stuff and then stuff just didn't really stick and wasn't really right things. I wasn't really happy with the direction things were going and I would, you know, stabilize my fitness and weight goals and then, you know, lose a little bit of progress. And then finally I just quit caring. I just stopped fucking caring at all. And so I dropped from like four, the overall like arc of this uh-huh. is I started weight loss. I was like 410 ish pounds, something okay. around there. And within two years, I dropped down to 215. Most of that weight was lost in the second year. The first year was almost entirely just changing habits sure. to set up a foundation to lose the weight really yeah. efficiently. That's enormous, man. Yeah. And so, uh, anyways, then I had a really, probably the best year ish of my life. And then, uh, things fell apart and I just quit fucking caring. And now I'm like three 12 ish, like between three ten, three fifteen, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just call myself thinking a while back, probably about a month ago, like, did I give it my best shot and did it just not work out? And is it all over? Is that really what it is? Because that's just what I had told myself. I'm like, well, I tried and it didn't work. So whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. Go hard or give up. Yeah. I was just kind of like, well, who's to say I couldn't do it again. I already did it once. I guess I could do it again, but that didn't really still make it, make it, you know, seem valuable. But then it was like, what if that was just version one and there could be a version two? Hmm. What if, what if that wasn't my final form, uh-huh. even though I thought it was because I had never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Like I was a little happy, little monster, just kind of crushing life and having a good time. Yeah. But all was going what well. If, yeah. What if I do that again with the knowledge that I have now in like having you know, dealt with stuff. So the same problems don't happen because I can deal with those things and it's okay if there's a version two. And if there's a version two and I start to, you know, I backtrack a little bit, then I'll know not to backtrack all the way. So if there's a version three, that'll be even better. So it mm-hmm. just, it's, I don't know why it never clicked to think about it that way, but like, I'm not starting over like, when I weighed 315 pounds before, I didn't fucking know how to box or throw a punch or anything, hardly. Hmm. Like, I could shoot a really nice double leg takedown, but that's all I knew. But now I know two different skill sets. I can hit you and I can take your legs away from you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... For me now, it's about building version 2 and also being open to version 3, 4, and 5. And that if I get there, they'll be better each time, Mm -hmm. and there will be less failure and more success each iteration. Love it. That's beautiful. What you got, Inks? Goals. So so some of the things that... uh, Some of the things we didn't talk about, or I didn't talk about earlier, was one of the big defining moments that I've let that I let define myself and I still let define myself to some point is kidney failure at 25. Oh, we didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, that's got to be a huge yeah, part which of your is life. really hard to deal with. 
So at kidney failure, um, when I first got sick, obviously I didn't know it was kidney failure right away. I thought it was a really bad stomach flu. I was probably about 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to the hospital How two weeks later, guys, I was, by the way, just to put it in perspective. I'm six foot two. Six oh, two. what the fuck? I'm five nine. Giant. Yeah, I'm, six, I'm, I'm right in I'm the middle, five eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was about 230, 240 pounds when I got sick or when I started feeling sick. By the time I got to the hospital two weeks later, I was about 130 pounds. I had basically not, I wasn't able to eat anything or keep anything down. Jesus. And I, uh, warning, gross warning for people, I basically vomited up that weight every day until nothing. And I lost about 36% of my muscle mass as well. Oh my God. So by the time I got to the hospital, I was in bad shape. And um, long story short, five years later, dialysis and so forth, I finally get a kidney. When I finally get the kidney, I spend a lot of time sitting around recovering. Now you got to get up and move, but I was also eating like a 20 pack of Timbits a day, sitting on the fucking couch, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So the weight start to pour back on and I wasn't going to dialysis anymore. So the six, five or six liters of fluid every other day I was getting pumped out of me, that part of that's being retained again, not all of it, obviously, because you flush some of that out naturally, but some of that's being retained. So I wasn't losing weight that way either. If you want to lose weight, just go into kidney failure. It's the best diet you could ever have. They'll, you'll take like three to six liters off the fluid. It'll destroy your heart, but you know, whatever, you'll look great. Anyway, that's not serious advice, by the way. It's a joke. <laughs> um, so my goal, number one, is I want that thirty percent. I want that thirty-six percent of my muscle mass back, mm. because you can tell by looking at my shoulders, not a lot of muscle. Mm. You know, my arms, not a lot of muscle. My legs are actually okay. My legs have always been the strongest part of me, I think. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of muscle in my upper body. I really want that back. That's one of my goals. Now, I don't want to be the Hulk. I don't need muscles popping out of my muscles. And I've always had a thick neck, but it used to be thicker. Um, So my goal is to work on my upper body, get that 36% back, if not a little bit more. And then I just want to tone it. I just want to tone myself. And I want to lose about 50, 55 pounds in total. So right at about 200 to 195 is where I think I should be personally. I remember mm-hmm. being 200 pounds at six foot two, and it was a good spot for me. Yeah. So if I could be 200 pounds at six two, and toned or you know muscly apt or whatever you want to call it, that would make me happy. Uh, included so- with that is cardio. Obviously, I want to have a good cardio workout because I want because now my cardio is is terrible. Mm-hmm. I used to have very good cardio. It's like non-existent right now. You're going to be able to do so. laps from here to the garbage disposal. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, you know, one of the big things was, and I think I told Brazil about this a little bit, but, you know, sort, sort of my mid-20s, right before the failure, I was big into paintball. Huh. I love playing speedball. Same, same. Running around, you know, diving behind the, the, the plastic blow-up Dorito bunkers and so forth. I loved doing that. And I could do it. I was still physically fit enough to do it. Um, and right now I'm more into like airsoft than paintball, but again, I'm not physically able, I know I'm not physically able to make it a full day session or even an hour session probably right now of going out and playing and, and having that kind of time, you know? And so I want to get back to a spot where I can do those things 
where if I want to be a little bit athletic, I can be. I, I don't want to go back to playing football or anything like that. Those days are gone, clearly. <laughs> My knees are destroyed. But <laughs> I do want to be a little more athletically fit. I want to feel good about how I look. I want to feel good about what I'm eating and so forth. And, you know, uh, the other thing is, and we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but I, you know, I obsess over, I don't know how it developed or when it developed, but I obsess over food. If I'm celebrating, I'm eating food. If I'm depressed, I'm eating food. If I'm watching a TV show, I'm eating food. I know there's Noom and this whole psychology thing or whatever. I get it. I understand it. I accept it. Um, I know that there are things that trigger me to eating food. Like I said, if it's, is it a special holiday? Yeah. I'm eating a lot of food. Yeah. You know, am I super happy that I got a raise or something, or I came into a lot of money? I'm eating a lot of food, <laughs> you know, and it's usually not good food. So that's another problem. Yeah. It is the problem of excess of our times. Yeah. So I definitely want to cut those behaviors down or out and yeah. I want to lose the weight. And I want to physically get better. Build some and, new habits. And yeah, and to be honest, since I've been going to the gym, I've been feeling physically better. And I just, I have to keep that up. I just, I cannot miss a day. I have to go. So did you go, you went today? How many times have you gone, did you go today? I went once this morning. And when we're done here, I'm going to hit the gym before I go to bed. Great. What's the plan for tomorrow? I always go first thing in the morning. And then depending on how I feel in the afternoon, sometimes I go, sometimes I don't go. So if we don't see you posting on Twitter that you went to the gym today, should we worry about you? No, you know what? In the last day or two, I've really cut it down because I'm like, these people are following me. <laughs> Do they really want to hear, you know, hey, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., guys, go into the gym. And then I would come back and be like, hey, I just did this, right? Here's another tweet. You know, God, it's I think noon, people will be inspired to, by that shit. Like, it might not. You know, one or two people said think. that. One or two people said that they were right, but uh, I don't know. How long do you want to hear about this for the next six months, a year, two years, three? Like, how long am I going to do six tweets a day or something? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, in in some ways, it's great because it keeps me accountable. Mm -hmm. In other ways, it's like, am I annoying people? I don't want to annoy people. Well, my my two cents is. Let people be annoyed if it's the right thing for your health. Yeah. Love it, though. That's, that Those are great goals. Um, I guess it's my turn. I'll share mine. So, uh, like I mentioned, I've been over 550 pounds to the point where I can barely stand on my own two feet. Um, miserable. Locked in. I feel like I was locked in my body. And uh, for the most part, I was kind of lucky. with The whole getting sick, uh, keto lost enough weight to suddenly be active again. And then and then um, I started working on my gaming and why what I'm trying to get out of when I, when I play video games. I started the podcast and this whole process of personal exploration that I do by talking to people and by... This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for what I do, um, where I actually share it with people and hear and learn from people. But I think that there are kind of goals on two scales for me. Um, <clears throat> the number one goal is now that I'm out and engaging with the world again, now that I'm no longer locked in my room and in my body, I want to be able to comfortably do things like travel for work, which I already have to do, but it's not very fun. Um, 
And I want to be able to like, once the world's open, it opens back up. I mean, maybe it never will. I don't know. But I want to be like going to gaming conventions and shit. I want to be meeting people. I don't want to keep this whole thing behind a screen for the rest of my life. I would love to be doing this with y'all in person. Um, That's a big goal that I have. And me being well enough to move around and be in places is a huge, important thing for that. And not just that, but be there for my wife. Um, you know, we both have struggled with weight. She's got some stuff figured out. She is doing great. Her newest hobby for staying active is pole dancing, by the way. Oh, hell yeah. We got a pole installed in our apartment. It's, uh, it's a thing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I've never, I haven't tried it, but she loves it. Um, so I feel like I have a new reason to engage with the world. I feel like I've unlocked some things and I feel like I'm positively motivated to to figure this shit out. The longer term motivation, I think I shared this with you, Preston, is um, I have been married to my wife for almost a decade and I'm going to be married to her for the rest of both of our lives. Um, you know, unless we change our minds, which could happen at some point. But right now, uh, I had this experience a few years ago where I was in the hospital with an infection. Uh, yeah, obviously weight was related. Circulation in the legs, infection in the leg doesn't clear up because you have edema in the leg, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's under control now, not a problem anymore. But I had a pretty serious infection. I was in the hospital for over two weeks on IV antibiotics. And at, towards the end of it, I the doctor I met with told me, you know what, Greg, um, besides the infection and the weight, you're actually pretty healthy. Like your heart's in good shape. You don't really have a lot of other big problems. Your blood pressure is surprisingly under control. Um, but you're in your 30s. And if you come to me in 10 years and you still have all this weight on you, it's not going to be this easy. You can't go into the second part of your life, to the later part of your life with all this weight on you. I'm turning 39 later this year. And... I'm cognizant of the fact that if I'm going to enjoy the, the rest of the life that I've got, I've got to take care of the vessel I travel in. And also to put a really thick underline under it, um, I don't want my wife to have to, to have to live without me. That's a big, big motivation. And I like the language you used, uh, Preston, about version two, version three, version four. That really hits my heart. In some ways, I feel like I'm on version like 134. I make very fucking small changes. I take a long time to make small changes, my personality. But when I change something, I change it forever. Like I'm a very, I'm very stubborn, slow and stable when it comes to change. But I, um, I'm lucky that I got a lot of things figured out because I've waded through a lot of shit and it's all going in the right direction right now. The upside, the downside to that is I'm probably not going to win the 50 pound challenge. I'm probably going to end up buying both of y'all steak dinners, but I hope that these other goals I talked about will, I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry. Hope isn't right. Isn't the right, wrong, the right word. I feel good 
right now about my likelihood of hitting those goals. So, yeah. And now it's time for Guild Wars 2 and the Dragon's Hot Takes. Any more fitness, oh, wellness stuff you guys want to talk about? Seriously? I mean, I think for now I'm pretty good with what I had to say. I feel like we should we should publicly weigh in and then check in again in six months. Publicly? Like literally right now? Yeah, right here on the podcast. Spit out the numbers. We'll meet again in six months and see where we're at. You want to do okay. it? Oh, you're going to get the scale? <laughs> I'm not going to walk away. Do you have a scale at home, Inks? You know what? Fuck it. Let's go. My scale's in the other room. Hang on. Hello, it's just me now. Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, UWV underscore Preston. Welcoming back my welcoming back my first guest, MMO Inks. <laughs> so I was 249.2. Okay. I have um I'll weigh myself again tomorrow morning for like our Discord that we have where we keep track of that stuff. I weigh myself once a week on Friday mornings before I've had anything to eat or whatever. So, you know, my official total for the week will be then, but I would say, I think I'm up like 0.4 pounds. Cause I think I had lost 1.6 and now it's whatever. Nice. But I've been going to the gym. So it's like, I, I really doubt that any of that is muscle. But maybe it is. Who knows? I don't know. It's all that protein you've been eating. Yeah. So, Inks, you were, you said 249.2? Yeah. Okay. With all of my like cold clothes and stuff, I was 315.6. So, I expect first thing in the morning, I'll probably be like 313.12.2, something like that. 313. Yeah, 313. I'm up like two and a half pounds since this morning. Yeah. So this all, morning I weighed in at four, at four fifty-seven. Just now, okay. four fifty-nine point four. You know, it's funny. We were just saying like, I weigh in the morning usually before mm -hmm. I've had anything to eat or, or, you know, I've always been told. And I don't know how true this is, but weighing yourself at night is like worse than weighing yourself in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I always weigh myself in the morning before I had anything to eat, before I've taken any of my medications. That's what I do too. Whatever. You know, so my official weighing will be for our Discord will be tomorrow morning. But I also expect, and I think this is an important thing for other people to understand, I expect variation in my weight. Yeah. You know, last week I was down more than I'm down this week. This week I'm a little bit up, not not at my original total, but I expect sometimes it's it's going to fluctuate up there. You know what I mean? I just have to take it on the chin and, and move on to next week and, and try and do better. 
Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, like I, I've been weighing myself every single day and seeing the number go up and down drives me crazy. Especially yeah. because the scale I have, I think it's not great. I don't know. But I step on it three or four times in a row and it'll vary within like three and a half, four pounds. <laughs> it's like, I just take the first reading, whatever it is. Okay. Well, if you all want, we can do that on their way in tomorrow morning. They put that in the description or something and they can check. Yeah, that sounds it. fun. It'd be fun. Little accountability helps me out. I don't know if it helps you guys. Have I told you both about my grandma that's incredibly overweight? No, I, yeah. I haven't heard anyway. This Go may for be it. Good to this also is the cautionary tale. Get it out there. So, like I had mentioned earlier, most of my family are incredibly fucking driven and angry people. Like it just can't be helped. Like always fucking mad, doing something a hundred twenty percent. Um, one of my grandmas recently passed away and I took some pictures of her and even while she's laying in the bed dying, she's, her facial expression is just, and she's just making hateful, evil, just scowls at all of us. And anyways, but the one outlier in my entire family back in, back through all of history, as far back as it goes, um, is my dad's mom. I want to say the heaviest she ever was when I was a kid that I remember was she was probably like 715-ish pounds. She was immense. Like, I don't know how she fit in a car. Like, I don't, she didn't really, like, she still walked, but she had two of those full-sized walkers and she would have one for each arm she was fucking huge mm -hmm. and then she had a surgery at some point and they basically just cut off half of her body and she dropped off like to 300 something ish pounds and then lost a lot but and she's she's back up to probably 550 ish somewhere she's probably close to 600 her stomach has exploded four different times just from overeating like literally like blown up and she's had to go into the emergency room to have it repaired and so after the fourth time and like the fifth time when it blew up they're just like well there's nothing left us for to repair like we'd just be attaching stuff on the stuff that's artificial like we're just gonna we'll just give you a little bag that you can put on the bottom of your wheelchair and we'll just, everything will just pipe through you. You're a robot now. Congratulations. She rolls around in a wheelchair, has her stomach under the wheelchair and she plays Facebook games, but she's happy. She's outlived all of my other grandparents, everyone. She's, she's going to outlive probably several other people in my family that are way healthier than her, but she, she's never angry. She's never stressed. She just doesn't care. Her mental health is as perfect as someone's mental health can be. She just does what she wants. She eats what she wants. She buys whatever she wants and it shows up because she has made some very surprising financial moves that have been very successful. But mm. she just fucking, she doesn't care. She just has a perfect mental state. And it's weird how my grandpa was in good shape and you know, he just died. He didn't stuff, 
but my mom's dad, probably the healthiest out of all of my grandparents, he had a heart attack from being overstressed when he was, I think, 51. He died in the car and the car went through the side of a bank and just oh. like, boop, dead because his, his wife was a very uh, kind person and did not put any stress on him. But meant, I guess this is just all of Preston's wonderful family history aside. Not that anyone cares. The message that you should actually take away is that your mental state plays a big part on all of this. And if you're, you know, miserable and you're trying to make yourself go to the gym and it's just not working out and make yourself eat better and it's just not working out, kind of, I guess, like what I was doing and we've probably all, all three of us have been there, surely. But if you can fix the you that's up here a little bit and get things back on track, it makes everything else a lot easier. And then yeah. when you, you know, your body starts to, oh my God, I can see the tips of my toes again. Holy shit. It doesn't, I don't get out of breath when I tie my shoes. I'm what looking forward fuck? to that day. My dick's two inches longer and I'm going to use it. Like Hell yeah, brother. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's the real game right whole, there. The real reason we're all trying to lose weight. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it'll uh, that that will boost your mind significantly. So you know, if you can, it's it it starts up here and it ends up here. That's that's the whole thing. Poetic. Yeah. Speaking of things that are going to drive all of us crazy, Guild Wars Two: End of Dragons. Yeah. Just segue. End of Dragons. It's recording this on Thursday the twenty fourth. This game comes out on Monday the twenty eighth. Inks, I know there was a time where you weren't sure if you were going to play End of Dragons. How do you feel about there it today? There was a time where I and Nike, uh, somebody else called me out on it, and I ended up blocking them because I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about. I, very poor. You know, I, I have this, unfortunately. Picked from the right Brazil knows this. Brazil knows this very well. But unfortunately, I have a very bad, when I, when I just can't take any more, I will destroy literally everything around me. I will burn down my Twitter account. I will delete every video I've ever like badly. Delete characters. Delete characters. I'm badly self. That's just because I don't care mm. about them. But <laughs> anyway, I'm badly self-destructive, mm. especially when I'm depressed or get pushed over the limit. Okay. So anyway, um, Every elite spec that was coming out, I would watch the trailer and I'd be like, this doesn't look fun. I'm not interested in this at all. And I would tweet kind of like the same thing along those lines. And one day, some guy retweeted me, and I, I apologize. I don't remember his name. Uh, I, I blocked him. I shouldn't have. That was wrong of me. But he's like, uh, he's like, you're such a, like, so, so, he said something to the effect of everything you say is a doomer take. And I was like, I'm positive about a lot of things. Shut up. Block. <laughs> uh, you clearly know, I'm not, very cheerful. Block. Clearly not true. And then I repeated the story somewhere, and Nike heard it. And Nike's like, no, the guy's right. You're, you know, you basically hate every elite spec. And I'm like, shut up, Nike. You don't know what you're talking about either. I can't block you, but F you. I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> and then I thought about it, and I was like, no, they're, they're kind of both right. You know, I'm a doomer. What do you want me to do about it? You know, but then, and I don't remember the three specs now, but one of them was engineer. 
one of them was Ranger, and I think Thief was the other one. And I was like, the Thief came out, and I don't play Thief at all. And I'm like, I am really into this Elite spec. This looks cool. Uh, I like everything that's going on. I like everything I've seen. Spectre. I'm really excited for this, actually. Okay, cool. Then I seen Ranger. I knew it was going to be Hammer because of leaked whatever. Mm. And I was like, okay, not terrible for Ranger. Not what I would have picked, but it looks okay. And then the Jade Tech. And then the Engineer with the Jade Robot, which I'm sure the Jade Robot won't be that amazing. But it looks amazing. It does look cool. Okay, that looks really freaking cool. I don't really play engineer either, but I guess I'll make it an engineer. So I, I made a thief and an engineer around Halloween and leveled them both to 80, obviously, very quickly. Um, and I'm looking forward to those three elite specializations now. Okay. That was my first positive take on End of Dragons from me. I see. The beginning of the end. Now, as far as, like, fishing and skiffs go... Um, you know, I'm I'm not a big fuss either way. I think it's cool that they finally added fishing. I'll do it because I like to waste time in the game, and it's something that I'll be able to semi AFK. I'll be watching a, a TV show and I'll be fishing on the other monitor. That's right. I can see me doing right. that. It's a fidget. Is it a big selling point? No, not really. It's mm. not that exciting either, to be quite honest. But I'll do the collections and I'll catch the fish and I'll fish from a boat with well by myself probably. But whatever. Um, the maps are always exciting to me. I always love exploring new maps. Uh, Tyrian maps are usually, uh, Guild Wars 2 maps, excuse me, are usually very good. The exploration is generally there. Even Tango Depths, which frustrated me at first, I got around to loving eventually. Yeah. You know, so I know the maps are going to be good. That's a given. The story. Brazil's going to roll his eyes here. But... I like the story as far as expansions go. Maybe not all the living world stuff. Maybe not timing how they write her and how she knows the answer to everything and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but generally speaking, the Path of Fire story with Balthazar, I really liked. The Mordramoth one was not too bad. So I have confidence that the main story will be pretty good. So I'm already sold on the story and I'm already sold on the maps. And now I've got three elite specs to go along with it. You're good. I'm pretty content for my $30 price point. Yeah, I mean... And then they showed the Jade Bot. And I'm like, well, it's going to be around all the time. That's going to be annoying. I was charmed then they're by like, the Jade Bot. Then, then they're like, but the Jade Bot won't always be around. And I was like, perfect. Problem solved. I don't give a shit what he does. Yes, let's do it. You know, but the Jade Bot, which is crazy to me, is the selling point of the expansion, in my opinion. That's the thing that they'll monetize eventually. That's the thing that we'll, they'll build upon as they go be crazy beyond End of Dragons, okay? That, that's, that's the selling. Not fishing. J-Bot is the selling point. And the fact that it came so late is maybe they weren't done with it yet. I don't know. Yeah, That would have been the first thing that I would have said, hey, we got a J-Bot. Look how effing cute this thing is. You want a plushie? We're going to make a plushie for you. You want a mini pet? We'll have mini pets. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like you're good to go. You're, you get your sleeves rolled up. You're ready to get in there. I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. Strikes you, is a whole other thing. They haven't really showed us anything about strikes. Other let's than big nose let's hold up on the strike discussion. There's okay. A whole, but I'm excited for strikes, too. We should make time for that. Preston, you're Wait, did you on our Did you unironically say big nose Ted? Yeah. Is that a joke? Is that not a real thing? <laughs> I thought that was a real thing. 
Has that been a meme the whole time? I didn't know. Preston did a whole video. <laughs> Tell him. What? I didn't see it. Really far. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's no, that's that's actually a, a joke. I hope it's a joke. I hope that's not it's, real. It's, it's, a, it's a work of art, man. Look, Tell if I don't get to face Big Nose Ted in a serious <laughs> I'm going to be really confused because <laughs> I believed made, it the whole freaking time. Preston made a very serious, like, very deliberate, methodical explanation about min-maxing the Big Ted, the Big Nose Ted fight. Yeah, I made, like, a full fucking yeah. tutorial video on how to fight. You, do you know who Big Nose Ted is? I do, yeah. He, he's the guy in the, uh, the human story. Yeah, Queensdale. right. There was a Reddit post eight or nine years ago about how the hammer boss and the personal story was too hard. How can anyone play this game? <laughs> and it got posted on like, it got posted around and people were like, Oh my God, someone is having trouble with big nose Ted. And it was, it was just amusing. And then when I came back, I was like, I need content to make. I should do a guide for Big Nose Ted. We'll just re we'll just revive this. So I made like a real. If you didn't know me, you would think it was serious. And there are people that left comments that didn't know that it was a joke, and they, they were very confused. But yeah, it's it's persisted and it's kind of become its own little microcosm. Apparently, nobody ever told me it was a joke. All the you know what? I've been on Tea Time at least three or four times talking about Big Nose Ted CM. And nobody, Teapot, you, nobody has ever said anything like, that's not a real thing. Because I'm excited. I was excited. He's coming. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get a CM of Big Nose Ted. It's like a boss. <laughs> that is such a cool callback. I want Big Nose Ted. I thought it was a real thing. I apparently am an idiot <laughs> and didn't know that until literally just now. And nobody has corrected me in the entire last year of talking about Big Nose Ted. <laughs> Well, if it's any consolation, Inks, you probably won't be the last person to figure it out. <laughs> oh, my God. As a creator, this is so rewarding. This is exactly <laughs> Apparently, I, I bought it completely. I was all in on Big Nose Ted. Wow. Arena Net and everybody else is probably like, who is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, they don't there's, there's no boss named Big Nose Ted. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, for, <laughs> wow. For me personally, I don't, I don't think there's going to be much for that I'm going to care about or enjoy because out of all the elite specs, Harbinger, Harbinger is the only one that I like because it makes Necromancer easier to play. And if I can, kind of just AFK through the raid group and watch what other people are doing and do top DPS. Nice. This is perfect for me. The rest of the specs, I don't care about. I played most of them. I don't care. They don't look interesting. They don't look like they offer anything that I want. <laughs> Harbinger, honestly, I don't... It's... The magic of getting new specs is gone for me. Yeah, it's just, it's just I feel not, that way this too. time around this time around. I don't care. I, yeah. it's, it was it was more 
like, oh, wow, they actually found something else to make. I didn't think they could do anything else. Hmm. And so all the specs now are just, they don't, I don't know. I don't really. Yeah. I don't you even remember like in, in Heart of Thorns when the elite specs were just a new thing and like Ranger got Druid and suddenly yeah. we had healing in the game. It and it, it felt like elite specs could be anything. Right. Yeah. Like that was, that was a real moment. I don't rem- know, know what y'all felt like when Path of Fire came out. I, I, I still felt like the, like the magic was possible. Also, there was no hype cycle. Like we didn't have any time to anticipate it. We had our hands on it almost immediately. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't around my, at all for the path of fire. My big also. hope for Path of Fire was that they were going to listen to the community, and still have still have Octovine and Metas like that, mm. but but not as many. Like they would spread them out, and then they went the opposite direction and, and basically had almost none like that and i was like no this is the answer is not to go and do the complete opposite it's to hit a middle ground and so even with this expansion i still hope that they find that middle ground yeah that is Um, gonna be an interesting thing and without getting into strikes too much the other thing that really excites me is for years since heart of thorns i have been saying on tea time other podcasts Guild Wars 2's biggest deficit to me is launching in expansion is that there's no endgame repeatable content. Mm-hmm. World of Warcraft has dungeons. Final Fantasy has dungeons and or raids for both of them. And Guild Wars 2 didn't have anything. Why was there no new fractals at launch? You know, why was that a thing? Not a, not a thing for... Now, Heart of Thorns had raids like a couple of weeks after. So that was yeah. a new thing. That was good. That was a big catch. But no dungeons... No fractals for either Path of Fire or Heart of Thorns. Yeah. And so where is that where is that instanced content at that all these other games launch with that is expected from and, and don't get me wrong, there's 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 a certain niceness to breaking the mold and not doing it like everybody else. Repeatable endgame content is not one of those things that you're like, we're gonna be different. No. People want that, they need that to keep them engaged past doing your story, which will take, you know, however long. Let's say for the average player, you know, it takes maybe a month to play through mm-hmm. all of the EOD content. Maybe a month and a half. Let's be generous. After that, they need something repeatable. You know? I wouldn't care so much about the Deroyers who are going to do it on day one. You don't need to worry about them. They're already heavily invested. Um, and I'm not picking on Deroyer. He's just very fast and consistent at what He's he on does. the far end of, a, of some kind right. of... Uh... Right, but you need to worry about those more casual players who are going to buy the expansion, play through your story. In a month, they are looking for new content. Do you have new content in a month to give them? No, you don't. So you better have something repeatable at Endgame for them to do. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire didn't really have that. Because raids, as much as I love them, didn't go over well with the casual crowd. Word. So, Sorry, End of ahead. Dragons is going to have strikes, and then CMs a little bit later, I guess. That excites me. That move excites me. It seems like strikes are the answer to the question of what is the end game repeatable activity. You know, strikes come from a game called Destiny. Y'all ever played Destiny? Thankfully, no. Destiny too. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a oh, it's a polarizing game. 
what strikes in that game are seemingly what strikes in this game are going to be, which is their their chunks of the story campaign that you can play in a repeatable way. You can go back and experience them again. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think about a game like Guild Wars having chunks of the story being repeatable as the as the end game content? Does that work, or would you? I mean, I guess World of Warcraft does this too, where they actually take you through a lot of the dungeon stuff, or it's very similar. I I don't know. I think uh... I think my perspective on endgame stuff has changed so much. And I think go ahead, Deke. Yeah, no, I I don't think endgame stuff matters as much as creators think it does. Like I think it matters a hell of a whole lot less. And I think no matter what you have at the end game, whether it's raids or strikes or dungeons or fractals, most of the people and most of the money that gets spent is only going to show up for big releases, no matter what you do. And the only thing that the end game repeatable content usually, like, the thing that it does is it keeps the people who already want to log in every day it gives them less excuses to leave. And the number of people who want to log in every day is a minority. That's my hot take. You're not wrong. I will say this about the idea of story bosses and strikes. One of the complaints, since it's as long as I can remember, is that story bosses are laughably easy. Mm-hmm. For most people, for a lot of people, and especially if you take, especially if you don't play solo, if you play with two or more people, forget yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's a joke. Doesn't really scale so properly. In this sense, it takes some of those bosses, puts them into a, um, I don't want to say hardcore. It puts them in a little more difficult of a setting and semi solves that problem of this was a fun story fight, but man, I wish it was challenging. Mm-hmm. It's more now, rigorously scaled. I'm giving reasons. them the benefit of the doubt that it will be challenging, which you can argue with me that that's not going to happen. But the possibility that it could be more challenging is there. Like Balthazar was a great fight, in my opinion. Yeah. Fun, fun. But what if he was a raid boss? Shouldn't he be a raid boss? Lazarus, too. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, right? So, like, they had fun ideas, but it just needed to be dialed up to 10-player content or 5-player content or whatever. You know, it needed that extra push to be difficult, um, to really be a little bit more punishing and, and more rewarding. And I think that content will go down fairly well if they're consistent with difficulty and so forth. Will the CMs be super difficult? I don't know, maybe not, but we can hope, I guess. If the Zaitan story were happening today, Zaitan would be a strike. Right? Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't shoot him with a cannon from a ship, but yes. <laughs> At least like, I freaking hope not. <laughs> my my whole perspective on this expansion has been so different than it has been probably on any other video game that I've ever played. Hmm. And it's been really frustrating to talk to people about this because first of all, I don't like the idea of pre-ordering things because I don't like 
why would I give you my money until you've given me something and I know what I'm getting and it's good. That's dumb. And they don't have any pre-order bonuses that are compelling, but I bought it. I think I bought the game like yesterday because I saw that Grouch tweeted and there's this contest that there's a chance that you get to like have an NPC, like name an NPC in the game. I saw that. You get to, yeah, you get to play with developers. And I thought I'm probably going to buy the expansion. I'm probably going to get it. So maybe I'd pre-order it and then I get to go ask Grouch why Legendary Armor was a disaster. Oh man. That would be and he beautiful. has to answer so I'm thinking like this is an opportunity to get some really good journalism going on. So we'll see. I'm sure if I do win it now and they watch this podcast that they'll just pass it along to someone else. But, uh, but real, like really, I was not convinced I was going to buy it because the only, I was, I enjoy doing wings one through four raids. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy playing the specs that I already have and I've played the new specs and I don't really think any of them offer that much or are that much fun to play i don't like i'm good with what i've got already it's not like people are going to stop doing this content mm-hmm. i don't need like i have mounts what is what is end of dragons really going to give me hmm. and then people would say oh it's only 30 dollars. it's only 30 dollars if you put in 12 hours or however much if you spend if you just put in this much time it was worth the money but then like let's just be honest here because this is a this is a big one for all you gamers out there uh at what cost what actual cost has have you you know paid because you played a video game i bought guild wars 2 in 2012 and i've spent twenty thousand hours in fucking guild wars 2 mm-hmm. I spent $60 to throw a shitload of my life away that I'll never get back. It's the time that's more valuable. Yeah, granted, like, there are some, I picked up skills. I met some good people. I'm in a position now that I probably wouldn't have been if I hadn't done anything that whole time or had done Mm. something else. Or maybe if I never started playing video games to begin with, I could be very successful and be none the wiser as to what's going on with arena net and not give a fuck because I was in a good position in life. Um, and it's like, it's $30. Yeah. But if I get depressed and feel bad for myself and get sucked into a video game and waste all my time playing a video game, instead of improving myself and improving my life and solving issues that need to be solved, mm-hmm. like guild wars two is not going to unlocking be... the next version. Yeah, it's not going to be paying me a salary to, you know, spend my time on it. It's not going to be buying me health insurance and it's not going to be putting gas in my car. Like all this fucking shit. Like $30 is a ridiculous amount of money to throw away your life over. And there are people that are going into this. There are going to be new little peepos coming out of, you know, COVID pandemic college hell high school hell where everything's been right. virtual right. and they just they're depressed and they want interaction with people in a video what game hell is a good way to do that can you imagine graduating yeah. high school and shit like this Ugh. i it was hard for me to imagine graduating high school at all because i got <laughs> first place twice <laughs> oh nice but uh yeah and so it's think about it okay 
it's $30. You may play it for a hundred hours and get a lot of enjoyment out of it, or it's $30 and you spend 10,000 hours in it and you get nothing out of it at all. And yeah. you just threw away 10,000 hours of your life for the low, low cost of $30. Right. You have to I, think about it both ways. See, I hear you, man. And also because you have this personality where you kind of catch fire with stuff, you get, you get really deep, you go really hard. So you need to very deliberately curate the things that can catch on for you. It's like if you keep the kindling in the room, you know it's going to catch fire. And so better not break it in the room. Huh. For me, that's, it's really hard to measure because um, uh, just an example, I played uh, World of Warcraft many years ago now when it first came out and I met a guy named Narad. We played WoW together for about three years and he left to pursue a career doing whatever. I kept playing, uh, but we still keep in touch to this day. And that's a person I, from a that's totally cool. different background from me, a, a totally different main language for myself. There's another guy I met in Guild Wars 2 named Sesame from Trinidad. Like, you know, he is like my Trinidadian brother. If, if I was born in Trinidad, me and him could be twins as far as like life experience goes and, and so forth. Um, so it's hard for me to judge something like Guild Wars 2 that I've been playing now since before launch. That I've spent, I don't even know how much money when it comes to the gem store. In the last three or four years, I've been really good not overspending on the gem store. But my first two or three years, I spent a lot of money. <laughs> was, I could have bought a new computer easily with what I spent on Guild Wars 2, let's put it that way. Um, but, but how can I measure meeting Preston and Deke and Mighty Teapot? And Aurora Peachy and Alex and Corvus and the list goes on and on and on for me because I turned this into a, I don't want to call it a career, but I've, I've turned it into a, a, a podcast hobby where I get to meet all these other creators who many of them are like-minded. And then it goes beyond that, beyond the Mighty Teapot and beyond the Preston, I get to meet all these other people who are stacked up behind them yeah. that I never would have met otherwise. And these friendships that are going to last easily my lifetime, how can I put a value on that that's difficult so i i totally get what you're saying i've wasted wasted 12 13 000 hours in the game i took a year off because i needed it from the game yeah. where i i didn't really log in or play at all i really didn't i didn't make videos i didn't interact with really anybody uh, i don't even think i talked to brazil for like almost a year yeah um you were off doing your thing and i was out of the game and like you know but um, how can I put a monetary value on that? I can't. Mm -hmm. That's invaluable right. to me. You know, so at one point you get sucked into this world and you can waste a lot of precious time where you should be productive, where you should be going to school, where you should be building a career or whatever the case is. But at the same time, you're building up a life experience that you just can't. I couldn't match it anywhere else. How else would I meet all these people? I would have to travel literally the world to meet many of many of the same people. Like Ian lives in, I think, Singapore. I'd have to travel to Singapore to meet somebody like Ian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd have to travel across the U.S., across Canada, across the U.K., Europe, et cetera, and so forth. You know, I, I just can't uh, I just can't put a value on that. That is priceless to me. Right. So, yeah, and 
there's there are some interesting things that I I still have kind of a darker perspective on it personally. Mm. Like, and I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, like, I have six cameras over here. I have a stack of lenses. I have a, oh no, oh fuck. Speaking of other shit, hold on. Speaking of other things, my daily backup script literally just started running as soon as I grabbed this and I had to close it real fast because <laughs> I have a drive that's but. Yeah, like this big chonker right here. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We're fine. Um, like this camera. Like I know how to use a camera. I know how to edit a video. I know how to do a bunch of shit. I know how to manage data. And like I've got a little NAS over there oh, yeah. just nailed into the wall because I want to be able to pull shit off of it really fast if I need to. These are all skills that I've learned because um, I either wanted them because I was making content. Because when I started playing Guild Wars 2, I just started creating content accidentally. And then I just enjoyed it. So I started making new shit um, and learning new stuff and then realized I kind of like this. I could do it for money. I could have a job doing this. And then, you know, fortunately it went that way. And now Kroof and Red Renji, these are people that I've talked to. And I seriously thought I was going to die. Renji, the first time I ever talked to them, he's like, oh my God, it's Brazil. I used to watch you with my friends in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like Ooh. yeah i'm like fuck i'm almost 30 i'm 29 i'm fucking old now <laughs> yeah it was so like that's a moment it i had never heard anything like that before and it just like i never thought i would i guess and then kroof said the same thing kroof was like oh yeah i used to watch your videos and like my freshman year of college or whatever or, oh or when i was in when i was in some time ago and i'm just like don't tell me that fuck and my mortality i can feel yeah, it and these are both people like kroof is you know kroof is doing voiceovers and audiobooks and all yeah. this stuff yeah. um in guild wars 2 and it's turned into like this whole skill set that's evolved um that's being put into use and renji is a streamer and he's absolutely chaotic and people love him and hate him and he has he gets to have fun streaming after work and have a good time mm -hmm. but i worry about all of the people out there that are putting time into games and not getting anything out of them because let's be real like i could have easily been in the position and i know people that literally are in this position that they played i know people from dnt wow from 2006 when they were in like world first slaying the entire sure. internet yeah. and having e-girl drama and all that stuff. Um, some of the people I know from then are incredibly successful. Some of them have never gotten over getting world's first with the guys in Ventrilo because that was the apex of their life and things never got better. Like being the high that. school quarterback. It's still the high point of their life. Yeah, exactly. They, they put a lot into a video game and they achieved more in that game, like considerably more than other people were playing it. Like you can only do worlds first one time. Right. And they did it. They got a lot of worlds first, but, um, fuck. <laughs> there, there are people that are putting in time into games and they may feel that it's more valuable than it is because they're like, Oh yeah, well I met a friend over here and that relationship is valuable, but it just, it, 
it's difficult to say and to parse this mentally because I yeah. just I'm I'm worried about people getting trapped and I'm worried about people you know falling into a hole and making it harder for them to get things back on track if there are things that they need to be getting back on track so like if you're gonna you know end of dragons is 30 dollars and you're gonna put 10,000 hours into it don't stop at just making a buddy like make a buddy that lives in trinidad and he's your he's inks he's trinidad inks that's great but fucking challenge him to lose 50 pounds and challenge him i'm gonna learn that's Photoshop. why i responded to your to your challenge yeah. man I almost, I almost just said no nah, i don't want to make a contest i almost said that i was like you know what i don't know what door this is going to open if i say yes we probably wouldn't be having this conversation if i didn't say yes yeah just very it, true just try to i mean be open and if there's and if I'm completely honest with photography, photography is something that I wanted to get into for years because it always just made sense to me, particularly and there were images and things that I always wanted to just like reach out into time and to just grab them. And I started learning about photography because I was like, fuck, well, I can't afford a camera, but I could afford to install Skyrim mods and take screenshots. So that's what I did. Screen Archer. Yeah, exactly. And so I could have spent a thousand hours in Skyrim doing nothing, or I could have spent a thousand hours in Skyrim enjoying my time, but learning something and then building that into a useful skill, like yeah. to take somewhere and improve my real life. So yeah. if you're playing, if you're listening to this and you want to play a game and you're not in a great place, um, don't try to look for an escape in the game. Try to, I don't know, see what the game can offer you and what else you can get out of it. Don't just look at the game. Think like if you want to be a content creator, learn the tools and skills that it takes to do that. And then you can also apply them to other things or I know, just um, you can learn a million things. Just, you know, figure something out. Don't don't let the game just be the whole thing because that's not that's not good. You get you yeah. get stuck. That that insight is why I started doing the podcast. I felt stuck in games like I I, I like video games I played them my whole life I feel like they're part of my identity I don't really know who I am without them but it's not going anywhere things are kind of not progressing for me how can I how can I get a grasp on this and then the podcast was an idea talking conversation and it's led me down to places I never could have guessed um, you know I think one of the most interesting use of game stories I've ever heard was my wife's. Do you mind if I share it with you? Sure. So I, th I think I might do like a like a podcast, me just telling the story sometime, but I'll tell a very specific version of it. Um, so when I got back into Guild Wars 2, it was actually um, just, but it was in early 2015 after the Silver Waste release, during, during the lead at the Heart of Thorns, um, I had been not doing PC gaming for a number of years after I, while I was courting my wife, um, well, my girlfriend at the time. In order to live with her, I needed to travel overseas. So I needed to torpedo and, and liquidate all of my gaming equipment in order to make that happen. I didn't, I was, I had no other direction to go in life. So I said, let's go do this. And I went for it. Something I never really do. A very Preston thing to do, I think. 
I tried yeah, it. Yeah, believe me, it is. That was very painful for me, who prefers making small incremental changes. But anyway, I did it, and uh, it was crazy and amazing, and I didn't game for years. And then, um, and then I was looking for work because I just lost my job. And one of the places that I happened to come across because I, I had worked as a data analyst was um, ArenaNet. They were hiring someone to do something with data. I didn't know exactly, I don't remember exactly what the job was. But I was like, oh, ArenaNet, they made Guild Wars 1. I used to love that game back in college. They made a new, a sequel, didn't they? And I checked it out. You know, who my research for the application? Which, by the way, didn't go through, obviously. But anyway, um, my wife happened to watch me play this game, uh, watch a video of the game over my shoulder. I think it was like the Angry Joe review, of course. So like one of those things. Like beautiful review he did. And uh, she's like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to I wanna play that. Which to me blew my mind. Because this was a, this is a woman who had never played a video game in her adult life and who had kind of absorbed the attitude of her parents that video games were kind of a bad thing, bad for society, bad for my kids. And it's never been a part of her life. Like, she never really jonesed for it. And it wasn't really friction. When she saw me playing games, she thought me going from playing them to not playing them was like me growing up, me growing out of something I didn't need to do. Um, but then her interest in that kind of gave me permission to open that part of my life back up. And I got her playing on her MacBook because it was Mac compatible at the time. And this also came at a time where because of shit going on in her family life, she, she had to cut off contact with her mother. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that, but it was very difficult. Very, very difficult. And I had lost my job. We were both in the shit. And... We were both complete. We went. We had gone from the honeymoon stage of our relationship to the codependent stage of our relationship, because we still clung to each other for for dear life, but didn't know what the fuck we were doing, didn't know how to be ourselves without being with each other. And Guild Wars Two was there. I feel like it saved our fucking relationship. Um, we jumped into that, and it was really cool actually because, um. She is actually the more assertive partner in our relationship, but gaming was something that I knew and she didn't. So I got to be the person to show her this experience and take her through the world. And she's not a big gamer, but she liked being immersed in the fantasy world. For her, the connection was like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, which she grew up loving, and Harry Potter. And she saw that kind of stuff in the experience. And just being there was so, was so wonderful. So we played together through Heart of Thorns and into, into the next Living World season. And eventually, she kind of went, got past it, moved on to other things. I asked her the other day, um, you know, you moved on from the game. What would you say that you took away from that experience? Because, like, I thought all about what I took away from the experience of playing with her and how it was good for us and gave us something to focus our energy on that was a little more healthy than, you know, the stuff that we were grinding on otherwise. And what she shared with me both surprised me and made complete sense because we at one point joined the the sand guild um it's a guild that, that runs dry top over and over again 
uh, run by the charismatic Muriel the Moon, who is the, the geode queen of, of Guild Wars 2. And that was really interesting because it wasn't a very difficult thing to do. It was a social thing to do. And we, a lot of them hopped in Discord while they were doing it. And I got her used to being in voice chat with Discord, which to her was very scary. Like a, a, an open phone call with, with gamers on the internet. Like that was like, she was learning all these things for the first time, right? Whereas for me, I've been on like Ventrilo for the last 15 years. So this old hat for me. But what she told me, and, and what happened was she got involved. People really loved being around her. She got made the social officer of this guild. And she was helping run events and um, just having a grand old time. And when I asked her what she got out of it, she said, I think being in that voice chat with those people and feeling like people wanted to be around me and spend time with me was the first time I felt wanted by someone other than me, as in myself, or her mom. And it showed her that she could want more, that she could be desirable, that she could be, that her attention, being around her, could be something other people would want. And that unlocked a door for her that she's gone way through now. But, and it may have happened without Guild Wars, it may not have happened, I don't know, but it did happen there. And that was the step, and it was through that virtual world. Now, She's probably never going to come back and play Guild Wars again. She still likes hearing me like watching a Wooden Potatoes video or something. Or, or if she hears Mighty Teapot on the speaker, she's like, oh, I know who that is. And they puts a smile on her face. Um, or I'll tell her something about the game. She's like, oh, that's so cool. Remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a pleasant memory now. Um, it's a place she, she went to. And that, that anecdote of what she got out of that, I think, is so... It's something I've been churning on for a little while to try to understand. Because I've been so trying to figure out what it, what it was that I need to get out of this experience for so long. And the fact that she could come through the experience and move on from it kind of tortures me a little bit. Because I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I'm like you, Inks. I've been doing this since World of Warcraft. Earlier, actually. And um, the idea that you could be in a space like this and build the next version of you is intoxicating to me right now. I think that there are some things you can do in virtual worlds. You can't do everything. You can't do everything. It's not the same as, to, uh, as taking on a very serious hobby like photography and becoming a professional at it. It's not the same as that. But there are some things you can do. You can connect people across the world. You can have a community of people who care about you. You connect with you. You accomplish things together, right? A shared experience, which is the whole soul of friendship and connection. Um, even shared suffering, if you wipe a bunch of times. So there's something there, I think, and I think you both. I, I see you both saying that, Preston. You saying, think about what you're getting out of the experience. And be an active, be your, be a pilot of your own gaming experience. Don't let yourself be led around by the experience. 
And Preston, you saying, I've, I'm sorry, thanks you saying, I have gotten something out of it and I continue to get something out of it. I think we're all here because there's something important that we're trying to get out of it. The fact that we're willing to show up on a podcast and talk about it suggests that maybe we need it more than most other people, maybe a lot more. You know, it's interesting. Um, until, uh, well, until SWOTOR, I didn't stream. Streaming wasn't even a thing in the early days, obviously, right? But I didn't create content for World of Warcraft. And I didn't create content for Rift. Or no, that's not true. I streamed a little bit. Justin TV was Rift. And I made a little bit of content for SWOTOR. And I streamed a little bit of SWOTOR PvP. Um, but I didn't really get into creating what I would call content or streaming or any of that other stuff until mm -hmm. Guild Wars 2. And it's funny that it didn't happen earlier in my life because people like Tally have been streaming WoW forever. Yeah. I remember when Tally had I remember when Tally had like 10 people watching him. It was, you know what I mean? And now he's mega big. You know, I used to play games with Tally before he was a streamer. Right, yeah. Half-Life 1 mods. Right. Crazy. So it's interesting to see some of those people who got in early and, and did it big and it became very successful. And, uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't one of those people until Guild Wars 2. And I think yeah. the difference there was, you know, I had played an early alpha and then I had played a beta and I felt like I knew a lot about the game. And I would get on uh, a Discord wasn't even a thing then in the very early days, but I would get on Ventrilo or TeamSpeak. I think we were using yeah. Vent. But anyway, I would get on Vent like every week when new gem store stuff would come out and I would bitch and complain for like <laughs> three hours about what came on the gem store, how much it costed. Minis used to be 400 gems. Why am I paying 500 gems now? Why do I have to pay 500 gems three times to combine into an extra fucking mini. Why do I have to spend, you know what I mean? It was like, and then new dyes would come out and all this other stuff. And I would complain every week. Uh huh. And I was with this group of people that Bogata was part of. And Bogata was like reinventing himself at the time, mm. you know? And a lot of the other people who were in that guild were press people or very early content creators. Aurora Peachy, uh, Jason Summers, who was, who was a big, uh, uh, writer for MMO bomb and some other sites. Oh. Anyway, the point was at one point, one of the guys says to me, why don't you make a video complaining about all this stuff instead of telling us like all day long. And I was like, maybe I will make a video. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a video and you're all going to have to watch it. <laughs> and I just started making videos complaining about whatever actually i think my first videos were like touring here's my favorite spots in tyria and this is why and here's some of the lore and yada 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 um and then i did black lion chest reviews since forever for a very long time hmm. but um and then the, something would happen on the gem store and by that time i think i had met brazil and teapot and boots and boots was the big one out of the four of us because he had a minecraft channel with and got like a bunch of subscribers is that what world of vendors is yeah, yes. we're, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a Minecraft creator before okay. Okay. with his girlfriend, who's now his wife. Oh, anyway, that's so cute. When we started the podcast, and then and then I found Brazil, and like we would complain about the gem store every week, like Zero's mask in the gem store, 
should have been a reward. You know what I mean? Oh, God, it, it just, yes. It blew up from there. You know what I mean? Great rewards in the gem store. Kill me. I, I remember Brazil's first video was, I think, on Strife's channel as Eugene. Please don't talk about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was very funny. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, don't. Uh, my first videos are still out there. Please don't go find them. I hate them. Links in the description below. Yeah, I'm sure they will be now. Inks <laughs> is going to send them to you and you're going to link them. <laughs> I mean, realistically, like, it just shows. I don't mean to cut you off either, Inks, but it's just looking back at me 10 years ago and looking at me now. Wow, there's a big difference. I still sound like I'm falling asleep while I'm talking. <laughs> but yeah yeah you know I, I i bring it up because somebody today said to me i want to try out streaming yeah and i just want to do it for fun and so and so is going to help me get it set up and i was like do it yeah because you never know you never know that this might be your thing yeah. Like, I, I don't think I'm that entertaining to watch. You know, I, I get to come on podcasts. I get to make a couple of jokes and I get to make people laugh. And I like that. That's what that's what gives me joy is making other people laugh at mm -hmm. some stupid joke I made. Right. That's what I like. <laughs> Which I thought was a real thing. That's not even a joke, but it is a joke. Um, you know, but you, you never know. Right. You never know, like, what you're going to get out of this. So take it to the next step. Stream a little bit. Who knows? But yeah. do it but start start out as a hobby. Don't don't go into it thinking because I never made a lot of money doing this, you know, not enough to even support myself on a monthly basis. <laughs> and that was never really my goal, but it would have been nice, but it wasn't my goal. And even and now and now today, you know, I I, don't, I get nothing now, right? So but I don't care. For me I'll it's, buy a it's lunch, not a I'll pay your way. For me it's for for me it's not about that, right? Um very early on, I used to get, and maybe this will help some people who are just starting out, I used to get really jealous and angry yeah. because I would make a video every day on YouTube. Every day I was putting out a video, and ArenaNet's inviting these people out to their studio. They don't make a video every day. They don't love Guild Wars 2 as much as me. Damn they don't straight. even know as much as me. I know freaking everything, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was partially, part of it's about connections, who you know and who you go to meet at parties and whatever right and part of it was they were just genuinely entertaining people and i didn't get that um and it it's i i think for me anyway it shows growth that i can now move past that and be happy for somebody who is is making it big in the scene or blowing up or whatever the case is whereas i used to be jealous as why not me why am i not blowing up what am i doing wrong you know and i tried all the kinds of different things to, to big you know some people are just better at it than you some of it's luck um, some of it's just, they work harder than you. You don't realize it behind the scenes, but you know, people like teapot, for example, put insane amount of hours in yeah. to be where he is. And this didn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? He's oh. been working at this for years to be where he is today, not where he started. You know what I mean? And so everybody has their own journey, get out of it what you can. But if you're thinking about, I want to make a video where I want to stream, just do it. Make it. Tweet it, at, tweet it at me. I'll retweet it. I don't care. There you go. You know? Make a video. Tweet it to me. I'll retweet it. Somebody will watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. Who knows? I watch lots of stuff. So You should react to it, Inks. Get, you know, yeah, get react content. I would really like to yeah, watch you do react, react content. content. 
I think he'd be really I good. I did for a little bit. It didn't go over well. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't yeah, know. I think it, I've it got some views. Yeah, a little bit of teapot, a little bit of a uh, little bit of wooden potatoes. Eh. Okay. Okay. We could go on for hours about React content. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you know, that's that's a why that works. But and why the that soul work for people. The soul of but. what you said about trying trying the thing that you think you'd like to do and and giving yourself permission to go ahead. I really if you're curious. You know, it, for me, it was Bog Otter. I was watching Bog Otter on. Um, what the heck was the channel called now? Game Breaker TV. Mm. Remember Game Breaker Dig? Nope. I don't know if Brazil you ever pressed yet. You neither of you ever watched Game Breaker with Gary Gannon? I never liked watching Bog Otter. His hair made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Bog Otter got involved in GameBreaker.tv. It was really there before Twitch and so forth. They used to do great. Oh, podcasts. like early streaming? Is that what it is? Yeah, like even Ruby was on there for a little while before she got a job wow. and then elizabeth claire was on there before she got a job and then you know anyway um but i was watching bogotter one day who was a little relatable because we're close in age we're not the same age but we're close and i'm like i could do that i can get mm -hmm. on screen and talk for whatever about this particular game i i know you know i know exactly what he's talking about or what he's saying and i think i could articulate it that way i'm funny i think i'm funny maybe i'm not that funny but i think i'm funny you know, so I was like, I can do that. And then someday I was in that channel and someone was like, then do it. Go make a video. Shut up. You know, I was like, I will. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, if you just think you if you think you want to do it or you think you might get something out of it, just try it. You know, maybe it doesn't work. I, I, and don't get me wrong. I know plenty of people who try to stream and it just didn't catch on. It just didn't work. Whatever the case is, that's fine. Not everything is going to work, but give it a shot. Mm hmm. What's the worst thing that can happen? You fail, you learn something, you move on. I'm 42. How many times I've failed? Millions of times, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get used to it, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, doing testing for the next version. I really think that's true. I really think that there's... If, if something tickles you, tickles you, if something seems like something that you want to do, my, my experience, like, the older I get, the more I think when I have that thought, I try to write it down because it usually means that there's something that I need to try that I will probably learn by trying it. And it might be that I learn something not to do. It might be that I learn something completely unrelated. But my those kinds of pings of my attention are very reliable in guiding me to something that I need to learn. In fact, this the, the idea for this podcast, like... Like, hey, we're talking about weight loss. Like, I bet you there are people out there who would really like to hear gamers talk about their wellness journeys. Because it's tough, man. It is, it is, don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it might, maybe for some people, it seems like, oh, it's easy, right? But this particular topic, at least for me, is not always so easy to talk about. It's not mm -hmm. like Brazil was saying earlier, it's not so easy to admit that you didn't take a shower for a week or something. Sure. It's not so easy to admit that you ate a whole pizza by yourself or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, some of these things that might be disgusting or grotesque or embarrassing, not so easy to admit that. But I think at least for me, I have to admit that I have to face that truth in order to get past it in order to do better. Yeah. Be accountable with yourself at the very least. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, we literally weighed in on live here on the podcast. And by the way, That's doctors the don't always like that. 
honesty. Yeah, they say that they want to hear honesty. And to be truth, to, to, to tell the truth, you need to tell them a truth. You need to tell the doctor the truth, no matter how embarrassing it is, so that they can actually help you. Mm-hmm. And I can be brutally, brutally honest with the doctor. Okay. He'll give me a, he'll say, listen, you need to do this. And I'll say, yeah, I'm not doing that. And he's like, but it's going to make you better. I don't care. I'm telling you, I'll give you a good example. About a year ago, they signed me up for gastric bypass. Okay. To help with my weight. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to this class ahead of time to prep you for, you know, how you have to eat and you need, you need to be on a certain diet and you need to lose some weight. And after the bypass, you got to do all this stuff. It's a whole and lifestyle. I didn't even go to the, yeah, I didn't even go to the class. The doctor said, I'm going to set it up for you anyway. I said, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to be there. I'm not going. Well, why not? Because I know me. I'm not going to keep to the diet. You can do the surgery. Then I'm going to blow it like a month after I get out. So it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do you any good. It wastes a lot of money and time, probably pain for me, which I'm not looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But I know, you know, at that point in my life, at that at that moment, I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep to any kind of diet or restrictions that they were going to put me on. So why bother doing it? Because I'm not going to follow through. And I'm telling you now, it isn't going to work. So just give up <laughs> because it's, it's not going to help. You know, you, and uh, certainly... When, when, you, when you said uh, no to the gastric bypass and realized that you weren't going to be able to do it, did that like turn over something for you? Okay, well, I will do this other thing? Or was it just a no? No. Um, that was a very different part of my life. Um, I think I'm a little bit better balanced now. I was okay. really hopeless or I felt really hopeless at that point. In a bit of a hole. And, and, and to be honest, I really didn't give two shits. I didn't mm-hmm. care about whatever. You know what I mean? I had um, really like given up a lot at that point and I just didn't give a shit. And I even said that to him. Now I have another story that sort of, again, same thing. My teeth are very bad. Okay. I'm not going to show them because they're embarrassing, but my, my top teeth in particular, I need to get them redone. Hmm. I went to the dentist last year so he could have a look at it, and I need to do some prep work, and he's got solutions. And he's like, well, after I fix them, are, are you going to then like take care of them every day? And I'm like, no, probably not. I'm probably hmm. going to let them deteriorate, and you'll have to come back and fix them again. I mean, I'm paying you to do it. It's not like it's free. i got to pay out of my pocket. But I'm just being honest and telling you, no, I'm probably going to ruin your work. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I know how I am. And I, you know, back then I was drinking cola and, and Coke and shit just eats at your teeth. Mm-hmm. Plus poor, poor oral hygiene and stuff, which is all embarrassing to talk about. It really is for me. But when it comes to doctors and, and stuff like that, I'm brutally honest with them. And I just say, look, this is how it is. I'm not going to lie to you because I could tell you that I'm going to do this. But I'm not going to do it, so I might as well just tell you now the truth, and then we can both save ourselves time. And doctors don't always like that because they kind of want you to say, yes, you'll give it your 100%, and you're going to try, and you're going to do all this stuff. And even when I was on dialysis, I was on water restriction. I couldn't have more than two cups of water a day. That's wow. really tough. That's really hard. tough because it's not just what you drink. It's everything you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, Everything you eat has some sort of water in it almost, you know, so everything you're eating has water. You can't drink anything. You can't have ice and whatever. So I would go to dialysis every other day and they would say, okay, well, you were only supposed to have two liters to drink and you had six and this is destroying your heart. 
And I said, take it off. <laughs> Hook me up and take it off. And it would take like five hours. And it would brutally drain my body to where I couldn't even walk afterwards. I was so weak. But that didn't stop me from doing it um, just because I have that self-destructive whatever, right? But at the same time, I would say they would say, okay, you can only have two leaders. And I told them, okay, well, I'm probably going to have four or maybe five, maybe six if it's a good weekend. (laughs) That, what you're describing. So it's not good. It's the opposite of wellness. But at the same time, you need to be honest with your doctor, no matter how embarrassing it is. You need to be honest with them so that they can do their best to try and treat you. Yeah. Well, honesty is a starting point. And, and for if, men... If you don't have that, then... Yeah. And for men, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, no pun intended, but like getting your prostate checked and all that other stuff as you get older, you have to get it done. I got to do fun. that. It sucks. It's not an enjoyable experience, but you got to get it done. Yeah. That that added that mode you're describing, Inks. Like I think about when I was after college, um, kind of landing in my parents' house, and we were all drive all driving each other crazy because I had no idea what to do with my life. I was a college dropout. I had no prospects for work. They lived in the middle of rural bumfuck. Where the hell was I going to find a job? And uh, there just wasn't a lot of remote work happening um, back in the the mid to late 2000s. Like, it was a little too early for that. So, um, I remember, like, my parents being frustrated with me me once. I just told them, you know, maybe I'm just going to work at a gas station for the rest of my life and play video games. That might just be what you need to get used to from me. Um, and stop stop telling me about all the things that you think I'm supposed to be doing and the, and the, and the achievements you expect from me. Um, and it, it's a kind of bitter thing, right? It's a kind of angry thing almost where um, you don't know, you feel you you feel cornered and you're tired of not just not just the the sort of ag- aggression of the world around you telling you where you're wrong. But also you yourself, you know that you're not in a good spot. Because that's what I felt like at that time. That's how I relate to what you said. Yeah, man. You were talking about I thought before- I would bring it up. I, I thought I would bring it up, and I know I talked about this for like 30 minutes now, but I thought I would bring it up because um and I'm trying to be as delicate as I can with this, but uh before he passed away. Total Biscuit had a similar message. Yeah. Because he had um, cancer that maybe he could have caught earlier if he wasn't so embarrassed about asking or telling the doctor certain things. Yeah. So it, it's important to be honest with yourself, but it's also important to be honest with your doctor. Yeah. He it's was gonna having be embarrassing. problems and he wasn't honest about him. Right. It's going to be embarrassing some of the things that you have to say or do or whatever, but. Uh, the consequences of not being honest in those situations are way, way, way worse. Sometimes you just got to treat your body like a like a fucking banged up car and just be honest. Well, when I turn the wheel this way, it makes this sound. And uh, <laughs> there's some water over here where I'm not used to seeing it. And uh, the seat's a little weird. Got to be honest. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like... 
having something go up my ass is I mean, it's kind of fun sometimes. I no, it is it. What do you mean? No, it's not. I was not not I, on this occasion. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I don't know. I had a I have medical go stories on. that I could get into about it, but I was looking for a device that I purchased a while back and I was going to do a trick with it. But then I realized that Deeg would get banned off YouTube and I was going to time it perfectly for whenever Inks was making the, the joke about, you know, stuff going up, but we'll just, Oh man, I'm so there are pictures floating now. around there, you know, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. That's been, that's for me talking about, stuff that goes wrong with like my body and stuff i don't know like, i don't have i guess i don't have a problem with that you're too young are you sure like what do you have health problems and shit like that yeah i have i've had a colonoscopy before okay when i was 23 okay so i uh it was really rough. was there cause yeah, for concern a, yeah there was there was okay. like Bad stuff wrong. To be to be fair, for those who have I'm not trying to gatekeep health problems. I'm no, just no, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to see what's going on. Well, I guess this is just like bodily functions and like body parts and things going in and out of this and like looking at this and like, oh, that smells funny. Like stuff like that's never I guess it's just it's different to hear that other people think that way because I've just never personally thought oh, like they that. do. They yeah. do a lot. Um, and just to be, just in case you haven't had one, the procedure itself is not so bad. It's the <laughs> stuff you have to drink beforehand. Oh yeah, that sucks. Is bad. <laughs> I, have a good story. I, have, I have a great story about that. Uh, whenever I had my procedure done, they give you like it's like if you've ever had Gatorade powder before, they give you these two like fucking big big things of these like big jars of liquid and they're like okay on the instructions it says mix with water and then just drink the whole thing like really fast this is basically what the instructions said and now me being the kid that i built legos without ever looking at the manual i drive my car without looking at maps i don't care about instructions i just see it i'm like that makes sense i just drink the thing without mixing it with water and I know what's supposed to happen. I know what's supposed to occur. But I don't feel very good. And I feel like I'm fucking going to die. I'm just like in the bathroom. Like, okay, like, all right. And then I just start getting really sick. And I looked at the bottle just to see. And I realized I didn't mix it with water. I just drank the stuff. And so I'm feeling really bad at this point. So I just get a glass of water. I fill it up, drink it, and I'm like sweating and feeling horrible. And as soon as that water hit my stomach and it mixed with the other stuff, it was just like a fucking, like, it was volcanic. <laughs> it was just like, it was a fucking science experiment. Beautiful. Happened. Like one of those just, volcanoes. The, yeah, the chemistry, everything was just perfect. <laughs> I don't know, but... You gotta yeah, love I don't, the bottom. That, that, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me to talk about that. But also, I've known people that, like my sisters going into medical school, like my cousin went through medical school. Like, I've known people that were doctors. They they've they've heard everything before. That's the other thing. Like, mm -hmm. probably not gonna probably not gonna surprise them. 
Yeah, it's not for the doctor, right? It's for and you. If you do surprise them, you know. they'll think it's cool. That's true. That's true. But, I, yeah. when, I, when I got to the hospital with kidney failure, which, by the way, I, dr I drove myself. You told um, me about this. <laughs> so after the first week, I couldn't stand anymore because vertigo. Every time I stood up, I threw up. And um, my wife had started a new job at the time, and she didn't drive. I drove. So I would drive her to work in the morning, but I couldn't stand. So I would crawl out of my apartment into the elevator, take the elevator down to my car, crawl into my car, drive her to work, come home, crawl back upstairs, lay in anguish all day. So anyway, we get to the point where I go to the hospital. So I crawl down to the car and I drive to the hospital and they get there and they, they test me and they're like, how did you even operate a vehicle like this? You should basically be dead. You shouldn't even be alive. And I'm like, I said, as, I said, as long as I don't stand up, I'm fine. I could sit down and drive the car and I, you know, I'm not suffering vertigo or anything. So it seemed okay to me again, not safe practice. Do not recommend, don't do this, but it's just my stubbornness refusing to accept that I was really that sick. That's the traditional and, uh, male thing, right? Is you just don't yeah, accept it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I seen the doctor the next day who then took care of me for most of my kidney failure. And he said, he says, I'll be honest with you. He says, I've never seen creatinine levels this high. I've never seen urea this high. He says, you really should be dead. If not now, definitely tomorrow morning, you just would not, you would not, you would not have gotten up. Um, so he's like, can I write a paper about <laughs> you? And I was like, sure, I guess. So the next day he comes and, and from that day for the next like two weeks, he came, he brought students. I was like a science exhibit. <laughs> Hey, I got, he's like, I, I got five new students with me here today. They all want to look at you and ask you some questions. And they'd come in and look at the chart and say, he says, and, and you really felt fine sitting down, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I could drive a car and everything. He's like, that's incredible. And he'd write, put down a bunch of notes. And <laughs> every day it was like a new student who was questioning me. And after a while I said to him, I said, look, I, I would love to help you. I appreciate it and all, but I'm really tired of answering questions to students all the time. These, these interns or whatever, these soon-to-be doctors of their own mm -hmm. that he was teaching. And it's like, you know, it, it was great helping you for like a week and a half. I'm kind of tired of it now. Kind of over it. I don't need, yeah, don't need people coming to look at me in my hospital gown every single day. I'm, I'm good. Word. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> what is the most horrible thing I've ever had to admit to a doctor? I don't know. I think my pigheaded moment was with when I was dealing with infections in my leg. Um, really both my legs, but primarily just one in my left leg. Uh, is when I was at my heaviest, wasn't taking good care of myself. And also, like, it was weird. So, um, God, there's, there's like way too much context I need to give here, and it's way too personal. But, uh, Put, put a long this story is, short. You don't have to. I know, I know, I know. I'm just kind of going to get the punchline. But basically, I just didn't get the help I needed to deal with the infections in my leg. I would go to urgent care, say, hey, give me some more antibiotics. I'm going to deal with this. And go home, put my leg up, take a couple days off of work, and be okay, basically. Not really okay, but I wouldn't be infected anymore. And then uh, it happened enough times, the urgent care eventually had to just say, we're not going to give you anything. Like, you, 
you've got to go, you've got to go to the ER. Um, cause they just like, they realized I wasn't really getting this thing taken care of. And I was pretty pissed about that. I felt pretty, pretty let down, but I also just wasn't dealing with my shit. And, uh, it was actually a massive relief for me when it finally got bad enough that I finally got the help I needed. I stopped being pigheaded and, and just owned up to everything that was going wrong. And, uh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if y'all, like, y'all felt that way, but there's like a, a massive amount of relief in just being honest with someone and having someone else tell me, here's what you need to do. Um, now, of course it doesn't last forever. It wasn't in the hospital. I was only in the hospital for a week, a couple weeks, but it's not a good place to be. Speaking um, of which, um, and I don't know how this will help too many people or not, but in case you do go through a similar situation with serious surgery or something, the doctor is likely to promise you everything under the moon. Uh, mm. Your life will return to normal. You're going to be 100 billion percent better. They'll, they'll try and use the word you'll be normal a lot again. When in okay. reality, the reality is you probably won't ever be normal again. I know for me, I got my kidney. And um, for the first couple of months, I did feel great. Um, part of that is a new kidney doing his job the way it's supposed to do it, flushing the toxins. I did feel great for a short period. But I'm now going on, I think, 13 years now, um, which now I'm up against the statistical barrier of failure. Uh, really? Really, you really probably don't want to go into the math of, of those things because you'll drive yourself crazy. But of course, I do because that's where my mind goes. And anyway, um, you will, I was, I have never been the same, just to put it bluntly. I am not the same person I was when I was 20. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about just mentally or physically or whatever, but I never returned to be the person I used to be before failure. And I accepted somewhere along the way that that just wasn't going to happen for me. It's a hard thing to accept. Because your doctor is telling you, oh, yeah, everything's fine. You're back to normal. Go do whatever you used to do. But the reality is uh, with the medications you're taking, the combination of medications or whatever, you're probably not feeling like the old self. And just because of what you went through, you're not your old self. Yeah, it changed forever. So, so just like realize that the change is okay. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you're any less of a person or you're not as good as you used to be, or anything like that, you're just different. And you just have to get used to that difference in yourself, I think. I'm still getting used to that, you know, and it's been 12 or 13 years for me. Except I'm still getting used to that version. difference. Right, exactly. This all comes back around to being the next version of yourself, you know. So, you know, if you've ever gone through something serious, or you are going through something serious, and you're listening to this podcast, you know, don't give up. Don't give up hope. Um the doctors are going to promise you everything under the sun because they want you to get the surgery that's going to be best for you. But at the same time, have a realistic expectation and live with what you can, you know, live with what you can do. Don't try and become or, or do something that you're not just because they said, oh, yeah, you can go do whatever, you know, you can go do whatever you used to do. Yeah. It may not actually be true for you. And it's OK if it's not true. Yeah, you know, one of the things I didn't say about my long-term goals is that I want to be able to figure this out without getting a gastric bypass, without getting some kind of bariatric surgery. 
doctors have been asking me about it for years. And every single year, I'm like, no, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. I need to. Otherwise, it's going to be my only choice. And I know a lot of people who have had those things like work, but their life is forever different. And they deal with some very serious compromises. Um, my wife even got a, what did she get? Gastric sleeve, I think. I can't remember what it's called. Didn't work for her at all. Not one bit. She lost no weight on it. Um, and I know a lot of people do very well. For some people, it's honestly life-changing. But uh, it's no guarantee. And like you say, uh, the doctors are focused on... Uh, they're focused on solving a problem. And a lot of the time, I think the attitude is, well, this is a trend. We need to intervene in some way. This is the intervention that is the most likely to, to succeed. It's more likely to succeed than the percent chance this person is going to change their life. Try to prove it wrong. So, you know, it's yeah. really funny that you say you use those exact words. I got a letter when COVID first started. When when I got a I got a letter when when the vaccines started to roll out, and the letter from the transplant office basically said, "Look, we don't know how this is going to affect you. We don't know if it's effective or not effective. What we do know is." If you get this vaccine, it's better for you than not to get the vaccine. Ooh. So get the vaccine. Maybe it only maybe the, instead of ninety eight percent or whatever the percentile was at the time, maybe it's only sixty percent. Maybe it's only forty percent. We don't know. The clinical effective? trials haven't been done. Effective, right? Okay. Um, I think up to now I'm I, I'm actually two doses behind. I got to get my third and fourth, but. They always send a letter that basically says, look, the clinical trials aren't complete, but it's better for you to have it than not have it because statistically, yada, yada, yada. COVID is, will so, definitely fuck you up, but the vaccine might not. If you get COVID, you're definitely going to die. Um, this might help you some. This might help you more than zero. So what have you done with that advice? Well, I went and got my first two. I went, I went and got my first two shots. Mm -hmm. And um, I just... I'm very bad, as if you couldn't tell from the rest of the podcast, I'm very bad at following instructions. So I haven't <laughs> gone my third and fourth yet. I do plan to get them. I will get them. I just, I haven't done it yet. Um, just like I haven't done my blood work I'm supposed to do, you know, mm. but whatever. Mm -hmm. That's another game they tried to play with me. I'm very bad at getting blood work done on a regular schedule. I'm supposed to get it done every month. Yeah. I get it done every three months, four months. You know, I'm, I'm not real good about it. What about you, but, Preston? Do you... Uh... Are, are are you vaccined up? Are you not doing that? What what's your deal with that? Well, I mean, I have two shots. I don't even fucking. I guess they're just gonna increase the number as we go along. Just you know, get another one. Get and it, I have a whole lot of thoughts on. And I mean, I don't know, just about a lot of the stuff in general. That's a um, rabbit hole, right? It it is, yeah. And so, I mean, I. I got the Moderna and my sister got the Johnson and Johnson, mm -hmm. but my sister, uh, has whatever, I don't remember if it's type one or type two, but whatever the autoimmune diabetes is, is. and my mom had the congenital one, what, the one you're born with. Yeah. My That's mom had Guillain-Barre. Yeah. Okay. And then 
my mom's got i don't recall what she has but my mom's got an autoimmune disease um and i'm just like i don't know like what i'm supposed to do because like it really we all got covid okay and all of us were fine um my whole family basically got it like killed my grandpa but he was fucking like he he was falling off roofs because he was 85 like he, something had to take him out because he wasn't going to stop it's just a matter of time <laughs> like it was gonna be so anyways but like fuck i don't know i just got it because i mostly i just got it because i wanted people to leave me alone I'm just like, just stop fucking asking me. Like, here's my card. Shut up. Mm -hmm. And my sister got it. And now apparently the one that she got doesn't count. So it it remains to be seen as to what's going to happen. But she has an autoimmune disease. And so it's just like, oh, are we going to fucking take two different COVID shots? Like, Mm. what are we, what's like, what's this shit about? And so like, I don't. It's so hard to know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, on top of COVID, fucking Russia's taking over Ukraine now, and China's fucking yeah. taking over Taiwan. Like, this is, here's the thing, here's my takeaway from all of it. Like, I don't fucking, does it really matter? Because 2023, at this rate, is probably just not going to happen. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's my take at this point. 2023 happening is a maybe. 2024, 2025, probably not going to get there. Everything's probably going to be over by then. So it's probably, I'm not a doctor. I can only listen to so many people say, yes, you should get it, or no, you shouldn't get it, and list all of these fucking reasons that I'm tired of. I got shots. I still had COVID. I've got family members that have gotten their shots, and they, it's just... I don't fucking, I don't care anymore. Sounds like whatever. you're, like, you've kind of had enough about yeah, I've, I've the world's problems. Well, there, I mean, like, I, it's probably best just not to talk about this because I don't want to destroy your entire YouTube channel and also just start fires in the comment sections because that could very easily happen. And also, it probably already will we've gone like we've talked enough about it that somebody's going to be mad for some reason but i fucking know yeah i don't know i think is if, if we're honest about where we're coming from people people that need to be mad will get mad and just let them i don't know i will say one thing though is we've been at this for a long time and i at the very yeah. least need to take another short break and then <laughs> and then let's figure out where we want to go next with this or maybe to wrap it up all right. We're off. We'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Real soon. Hey, folks. We're back on the Deeg Podcast. I'm here with Preston and MMO Inks talking about gamer wellness and all kinds of related, semi-related, vaguely related topics. It's been a real fun, soulful discussion, but I think we're going to wrap this baby up. And here's what I want to do. Because I did promise people we would have some Guild Wars discussion, and although we have done a little bit, I think that we can finish this on a very fun note. Um, I want to hear a couple of predictions from y'all. We'll end it on this, and then I'll ask you to promote whatever you you got going. What will be the surprise victory and the surprise stinker of End of Dragons? 
Wait, are they both the same thing, or are you looking for two different things? Different things. What will people love that they don't expect, and what will people hate that they don't expect right now? Oh, God. Uh, well, Arene's going to die. <laughs> Which category does that go under? Both. That's the problem. Because Arene is definitely going to die. There's no way that doesn't happen. And so uh, Inks has hidden himself away because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want no, to no, no, no. Keep, keep, keep talking. I just had to cover the camera for a minute. Oh, same. Uh, yeah, but uh, fuck. Yeah, Orin's going to die. And I think everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that happened. We knew it was going to was a good sacrifice. But Timmy's going to live and people are going to be fucking pissed. Mm. I just made a mad face and you can't even see it. <laughs> What about with Bram? Does Bram live? I think they. I think everyone's going to live, but Arene. I think what's going to happen is Arene's going to make a sacrifice, and they're going to hope that you know the one good dragon could survive. But no, it's too good to be true. So Arene dies, and then they all realize they're their own individual beings, and the they dragon is within us. And, they all go off in different directions. Timey stays with the Canthans and they turn her into a robot and Bram goes off and becomes uh, a bear spirit of the, of the gorilla because he has a fucking <laughs> monkey brain and <laughs> oh Ritlock and Logan make new laws about who can, what kind of relationships you can have in Tyria and they broker peace between Evan Hawk and the char. Uh, and love it. Love it. Who else is there? Canock. What does Kanak do? Fuck. Who do we have? We have okay. Timey solved. Logan mm. and Ritlock are solved. Zoja's dead. <laughs> Kanak. I don't know. Fuck Kanak. Who cares? Maybe he grows a garden. What would Kanak do logically? He went from being the enemy to like the edge lordy guy to like now he's just along for the ride. He Maybe he dies. He'd probably buy his own like fleet and become a sell sword and just sail around, yeah, and work for people. Or maybe he like settles down and like and has a farm. He finds Zen, snarky Zen. What do you think, Inks? Predictions. What's going to happen? What are people going to love? What are they not going to love? Um, what I want to happen versus what is actually going to happen are totally different. I want okay. complete devastation. I want everybody to die. Like, it's not enough anymore. Like, you really got to sell this big, right? It's not enough anymore to kill one character, two, whoop-de-doo. I mean, we've killed a god at this point, right? We've killed multiple dragons. We've had Air die. We've had um, Traherne die. It's not, like, you, like, what is the next step? I say total devastation. They all die. Just, just kill all of them. That's not what's going to happen, but that's what you should. That's the only way to shock me at this point. The only way to shock me is to literally kill every character. And then I'll be like, I can't believe they actually killed every character. That was awesome. It's the only way you're going to get me. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, predictable. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they put out that little trailer. Timey's got cancer, whatever her problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they alluded to she's, that. she's running out of time. Come on, look, the whole her, saving her life has been in the game for like two years now or two and a half years. This She's becoming another right? Blish. 
yeah, I thought it was going to happen back then that she would become another Blish. They're mm-hmm. going to put her in a robot body, download her consciousness with Jade Tech or something. Come on. That, that story's already been written like two and a half years ago. She ain't going to die. Everybody loves her. For the record, I don't hate Timey for Timey. I dislike her so much because of the way Rianette writes for her or used to write for her. They haven't done it in like a season or so, but she used to be – now it's Irene, so I, I hate Irene. But anyway, I hated Timey because she had all the answers. How are we going to get out of this one, Commander? I know. I'll make a Flizgrado Mac, and that will fix everything. It's like, what? Like, where did you come up with that? It's not even part of the story. You just pulled it out of your ass. Like, come on. You can't do that. I mean, you can, but it's stupid. And she did that for, like, every episode of that season. Like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Who cares? Timey's going to fix the problem. And boom, she fixed it. Good. Next story. That's why I really got to dislike Timey. It wasn't the character or anything like that. I really hated how they wrote for her for so long. Um, and now they do the same thing with Ring. How are we going to fix the dragons? You can't kill another one. Yes, we can. We have Ring. Ha ha. You know, so it's just like, we can't kill two dragons. Yes, we can. Ha ha. Where did the extra magic go? I don't know. You went somewhere. We may never know. <laughs> so, you know, like Brazil said, I think they'll sacrifice Aureen. Uh, There'll be other dragons involved. Kunavang plus the mother or whoever's speaking. I think they'll explain that whole thing. And Aureen won't necessarily die, but she'll become like, this magic conduit that filters all the bad magic out so that Tyria doesn't destroy itself. I think that'll be the conclusion, really. As to what happens to all the characters, who cares? Kanak is rich and he'll go off and have his own sellsword fleet or open a casino. Who knows? Mm. Uh, uh, Zoja's been in a coma for 20 years. She'll still be in a coma waiting for Felicia Day to come back. And Mm. um, Bram... Should have been dead at the last of the end last season, but he's still alive because he's an idiot. He'll still be an idiot throughout through all this. I'm too um, stupid to well, die. Ritlock, is Krisha even gonna be in this one? Who knows? Probably not. She'll be back with the char. Ritlock, who'll continue to be Ritlock and somehow survive. Who knows? Everyone still loves Ritlock, uh, no matter what happens, though. Yeah, Ritlock will still be there. Kate, she'll be off doing Crystal Bloom, whatever. What about Marjorie Cass? I, I didn't hear you. you, you I think about Marjorie, oh, Marjorie and Cass. Yeah. They'll get back together and they'll get uh-huh. married or something because that'll make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, Marjorie sh- should have been dead by the end of what was it, season two? Or was it season one? She should have been dead seasons ago, but they didn't, didn't do that. that. They were going to write her out of the story, but decided not to because everyone loved her or something like that, right? They Right. So she was supposed to die when we killed Scarlet. Yeah, uh, she wasn't supposed to get up from that fight, but everybody loved her so much, and it's a terrible trope to kill off um, lesbian or, or or gay characters. It's a terrible trope that exists where companies do that, or movies huh. do that, or whatever the case is. Right? Didn't know that. So they went against that and they rewrote it, and like you know what? It would be better if we kept her alive, and the fans all love them, even though they've been having a separation fight for five years four years something they're gonna resolve it though and the dragons they'll resolve it they'll get married they'll have a kid or something adopt or i don't know whatever um and that's it logan is a non-issue he's still with the queen who cares he's got a foot fetish which is fine i'm not judging you know he's in defeat it's cool yeah um 
What other characters are there? I forgot about Marjorie and Casimir. Because they, they made them so, like, nothing. Oh, they, did we talk about rocks? They rocks didn't really write for them. Rox is gone. She lives with the Omicron. Oh, yeah. Maybe at the finale you'll see everybody circled up to celebrate the commander. Who, by the way, they made that trailer saying, we did this and we did this. and No, I did it all, okay? I did it all. Dig did it all. Brazil did it all. Like, the players did it all. The NPCs didn't do anything. So don't, you know, oh, we stopped Kralkatoric and we did this. No, we didn't do anything. I did everything. Terhern was an inferior leader. I put everybody together. Terhern right. didn't do anything. That's right. So, you know, Timey can say we, 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 you know, whatever. No, it's, there's no we. It's I. I did everything, okay? I deserve the credit. So they're all going to kneel before me as I walk as a god amongst them. King the Inks. God Inks. Elder <laughs> Dragon the, God The player Inks. character. I mean, how many, how many dragons do I have to kill or become, you know, sentient? I don't know I could possibly top either of those predictions. How about this? End of Dragons. Last expansion of Guild Wars 2? Question mark? Yes or no? I I hope so, at least for a while. Because I want them to just go back and redo the whole core game. The, I want them to re repolish the open world, rebuild it all, redo dungeons fix all of that stuff and polish it and get it up to the standard that the new content is at. You know, it's never going to happen, that. right? I don't know. Ooh, good for you holding on hope for that. I would love them to do that. Um, like World of Warcraft sort of did that with Cataclysm, Cataclysm. right? Mm -hmm. But then the developers of Cataclysm said that was a big waste of time and it didn't really work out. And People didn't whatever, really like right? it either. Yeah, a Cataclysm was okay, but sort of also the end for me. So, anyway, um, I would love for, I would, here's what I would like dedicate a team of X number of people greater than one. I don't know how many can work on it at, at the same time three, four, whatever that, that does that. You know, like every couple of weeks, they fixed something. Hey, we fixed this bug from 2000 and whatever. Nine. I forget when the game even came out. <laughs> you know, um, and then next week, hey, we fixed some other bugs that have been around for, for 10 years of the game. You know what I mean? I really wish they had a dedicated team to do that so you can fix some of these bugs that have been around forever or even tackle new ones that come up while you have the rest of the team developing the next story. I mean, there is going to be another living story uh, going forward. I truly believe that. And I think they'll get at least one more expansion out before. To, to be honest, I don't think the game's ever going to end. It might go into Skeleton Crew at some point. It makes too much money. For as much criticism as we want to throw at ArenaNet. Yeah. For as much criticism as we want to throw at ArenaNet and how unhappy we, we, we are with particular things, their quarterly earnings are still pretty good, if not better than they were last year. And, and some of that's EOD hype. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't. It, we right? see but, some some marketing or something. Some story got published about how the game has like like two hundred, three hundred thousand live players or something. I it don't is, know. I'm sure good. that number's a bit flubbed. I'm sure that number's a bit inflated. Half of but it, but still, half of it's turret engineers and minion necros. Yeah, half of it is money. Not real accounts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. 
yeah, I mean, we've been wishing for the same thing for seven years. It's true. We're old hat. You know, we, we want things. We still want the things from seven years ago fixed. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's going to be another living story and then probably another expansion. And then who knows where they go from there. Word. Word. Well, I I hope that they nail fishing. I hope that they nail an aesthetic for Cantha. I don't care if it's the one from Guild Wars 1. That would be cool. Or the new one, the very green one that we've seen. As long as it's cool and it works and it hangs together. I'm looking forward to spending a lot, of, uh, spending a, a few weeks in Cantha. And whatever else comes after that, I don't even know. I have no expectations. I've become very casual. About all It'll be really interesting to see where they move beyond the dragons. Do we? I don't like how they wrapped up the story with the dragons, but I know it has to get wrapped up. Like I really don't like the Ice Brew Saga ending. They really should have fleshed that out properly. They didn't do it properly. They had to push the game back anyway. They should have just done it properly in the first place. I don't give a shit about whatever the excuse is. Not to be too... I'm not angry at ArenaNet or NCSoft or anybody else. I'm not angry at them. They should have done it justice uh, with Primordus since he was the first to awake. They really should have fleshed that out, and they didn't. Um, and now we have this expansion, and I'm sure the expansion will be great. I'm sure the story will be fine, if not good. Um, I'm sure the ending will be satisfying. I'm excited about what do we do after Dragons. Mm. So that sort of excites me for the future as well. Okay. A post-Dragon Guild Wars. Will we see it? Will we not? We'll find out soon. Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons is coming out on Monday, February 28th. Either of y'all have affiliate codes? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> nope. You do, Inks? Yes, I have. Yep. You haven't bought what? it. Use his men's affiliate link. Um, you do? I'll post it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Are you guys? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm technically a partner again. I, Tell I, them I, to add me back to the program too. I'll, I, I'll, I'll mention your name. <laughs> mention me too. I think I'm gonna throw in an application. Do it. Yeah, I mean, Sneb throws one in every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Uh, any all you're you working on that you want to promote here at the very end of things? Sunday, we will be on Tea Time, the Brazil Boots oh, cool. and Mighty Teapot, the original cast. Let's go. Talk about EOD, so that should be fun. Yeah. Um, that's all. I think that's all I have going on right now. Oh, well, come Monday when it launches, um, I'll be streaming the story. Now, I know a lot of you won't want to be spoiled, so if you don't show up, I won't take it personally. That's fine. I'm going to be, I'm going to be running through the story as fast as I can. Um, I'm still a pretty slow player, so Teapot's going to be faster, whatever, it's fine. But I'm going to be running through the story as fast as I can to get to strikes. Hmm. Uh, I want to play the strikes, I want to get to strikes, I want to experience them early as I can, hopefully within day one, day two, at mm -hmm. the worst, and that'll be my big goal. So, come by, say hello, if you don't want spoilers, don't stay too long, I guess, but, you know, I'll be streaming. Cool. What about you, Preston? Are you going to play off stream? Actually, you, you don't even know if you're buying it yet. I bought it. No, because I want to. I 
pre-ordered it so I could get into the contest on the That's chance right. that I I win, I get to ask Grouch about legendary armor and he has to answer. I'm very much looking so forward to that. That you yeah. go over that up. If, if I don't win the contest, I'm just gonna have them refund it. No, Guild Wars Two content is not. It's not my big thing right now. I was streaming for a while, but I haven't. God, I was wondering the last time that I streamed was, and it was in December, but I just, you can only do dungeons so many times before you lose your mind since they've been out since 2011. But uh, yeah, if you want to actually follow any of my real work that I do, you can go to underworldvideo.com, check out my photography. You can check out my prints. If you want to give me a couple bucks, you can buy a print. If you want to see stuff that I do on a more regular basis, more daily basis, um, also more Guild Wars 2 stuff. I talk about Guild Wars 2 stuff on Twitter a lot. It's UWV underscore Preston on Twitter. Also, Instagram is UWV underscore Preston. That gets more uh, updates with photo stuff than my website does. Websites, like, every three months, I throw stuff up on that. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it's pretty much me. It's pretty much where I'm at, pretty much what I'm doing. And you know, it's always fun to always fun to be on here. Always yeah, fun man. To hang out. Thanks to both of you for coming on, bearing your souls, all about being a gamer, having a human body, and trying to figure out how to reconcile those two things. It ain't fucking easy. I'm Deeg. This is the Deeg Podcast. I love talking to gamers. And I will also be streaming the launch of Guild Wars 2. Because I took the entire fucking week off. So I got nothing else to do. And I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be over here on YouTube doing just that. And that is going to do it for us for tonight. Thank you, friends. And we'll see you out there. GG.